kind of in, stuff. We're in we're in a diner and we're handing you the menu and it's just like you know what would you like to eat, Mister Bridges? Um, <laughs> well, you know, tuna rye, you know, like something like. <laughs> I don't know. To be continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. And welcome back. This is To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. I'm Miguel Alejandro Velez, one of your hosts. Uh, Edward Ng here, along with... Jonathan Vergaro, the, the greatest producer there ever lived. <laughs> and we have a special guest in studio today because we're doing a special show. Special guest, please introduce yourself to the masses. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Matt. Miguel's uh, old-time chum. Uh, Matt, of course, has been on the show twice before. He's the voice of Philadelphia. The voice of Philadelphia. <laughs> More of the ne'er-do-well of Philadelphia, I think. Curmudgeon, maybe? Curmudgeon? Oh, yeah. that's good. That's good. Uh, that you may locally? Wanna, you may the want to get a little closer, though. I may a little yeah, closer. I'm, right, I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm projecting, Edward. You're projecting? I'm projecting. <laughs> Elocution. Uh, so today's episode is going to be similar to uh, the previous two episodes that Matt actually was on, which were retrospective uh, episodes and not about... Uh, uh, films or other projects of the now, we're going to be looking back at uh, two sets, uh, two films. Uh, and I think it's a very interesting compare contrast. They're from uh, someone who has gone through a bit of a reassessment of their career the last 20, 25 years or so. And th what we are going to be covering today are two masterpieces from the master. Thank you, <laughs> no, not you, John. Not you. He is. He is also does have John as his first name. Uh, John Carpenter and his films The Thing and Starman. Now, a little background uh, to begin with. Uh, these are both two films I've been really familiar with since I was a kid. But I was surprised to find out that uh, the other three people in the room with me right now actually had not <laughs> Wait, really you ever seen. I had not. I, for some reason, I like I told Miguel, I actually confused it with the Blob. I don't know why. <laughs> and I mean the original, like the remake, right? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, what do you want? It's like again, like I said before, a lot of weed. <laughs> College, yeah, right, yeah. It's medicinal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, but Ed, same thing. Ed had, he was aware of it. Everyone was aware of these movies, but it wasn't sure. something that they had like mm. actually been. Well, you know, although, like, you, although Matt, you had, you were familiar with Starman. Oh yeah. No, I definitely saw Starman back in the day. It was, you know, always a big, uh, you know, Jeff Bridges fan too, but I mean, you know. I, I, you know, we were even talking about, like, I was aware of the TV show version of Starman. <laughs> Starman. Starring, you know. Before we continue on. <laughs> Hayes. Yeah. I'm really obligated because he's putting this on me, Matt. No, oh, I didn't no. put him on you. See, no, like, I don't even no, want to no, go no, you. No, no, you like, did. You did. You go, when Matt's here, make sure he does his Jeff Bridges 
Um, and I and I know that he said like, no, Matt doesn't like he hates impressions. It's because it's not an impression. <laughs> but you got to get him on this. I'm like, all right, so so let's let's hear this. Yeah. Where just do just do the the couple of words. That's it. Just give me a couple of words. Um, hmm. All right. So uh, now I'm not, <laughs> so uh, hey man, you know like it just comes down to you know it's really just a hey man, and you know it usually just involves it. Uh, just it just it, here's a scenario. Just it, pour, like it really ties the room together. Kind of in, stuff. We're in we're in a diner and we're handing you the menu, and it's just like you know what would you like to eat, Mister Bridges. Um, <laughs> well, you know, to run ride, you know, like something like, I don't know. It's really just like a higher pitched version of anybody else's voice. And then, you know, okay, so that's off the table now. We sure, don't have yeah, to. Yeah, now it's off the table. Like, to, that. Meanwhile, like, we can climb we, the rest of the ladder. We've been planning this, you've been planning the show for about weeks, right? It's been yeah, weeks. Yeah, and time. whenever wow. we bring it up, it's like, Hey man, yeah. Hey, what, hey, yeah. Well, all what's right. Going you know, on, it's, man? What's going on, man? Well, sure, it's, sure, yeah. Well, man. That's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, uh, Ed, you had you hadn't you hadn't seen uh, you had seen Starman, but I don't think you'd seen it in well, a you know, long time. Again, it's and like, you had never seen the thing. Well, it's like one of those things where you know, <laughs> growing up in Jersey, uh, we had you know bootleg HBO. And it was just one of those things, both Starman and the thing, right? Yeah, they were on a lot. They were on a lot. But I guess, you know, being six and se- seven years old, um, right, yeah. it, it just didn't seem so, something that I was going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end up watching Star Wars no matter what. <laughs> right. But yeah. meanwhile, uh, the thing Starman, even though it was on the background, you know, like just really. Like you'd come home and, and it'll be in the afternoon. Yeah. And again, yeah. because growing up in that, at that age. Um, shortly after that, Starman, the TV show starring Robert Hayes right, was right, on yeah. also. <laughs> Next on ABC. And Star Aaron Man. Gray apparently turned up to be yeah. the Jenny Hayden character, character, which is, I didn't really? realize. At the very, yeah. Yo, very, no, you got, very, this guy said, yeah. that he saw the intro or something. It was like, this is no, everything I saw I the hate. pilot. I, <laughs> right, I, you saw I, the pilot I, and I you said, this is everything I hate about 80s TV. Oh yeah. my God. But now that you've it's mentioned so Aaron Gray. He's going to track no, it down. No, he's no, really no, Battlestar Galactica, right? Yeah. And uh, also uh, the no, Buck, Buck Rogers. Rogers. Oh yeah, well, sorry, Buck Rogers. yeah, Buck Rogers and, and the Silver Spoons. Gr- and she that's... was the girlfriend from Silver Spoons, right? Got to got to get the Ricky Schroeder in there somehow. Uh, but so it don't wasn't... give Ricky Schroeder any ideas. No, so you would never. Seen uh, Rick Schroeder, don't forget. Oh, okay. Schroeder. Yeah, yeah, wow, back. He's he's older. He's older. Sassy. So and Matt surprisingly, and the way he ended up watching it had also like never really given the film a whirl and thing you're talking about yeah, yeah the thing and like when when we made decided like kind of fate kind of stepped in it was kind of like oh yeah, yeah by the way like way too week- deep into the thing at that point yeah oh yeah and then there just happened to be a showing like repertory style like you know at my a local sort of indie theater i was i was only we talked about it on a tuesday right and yeah. friday midnight movie style they were playing the thing which was nice. kind of out of the blue and I yeah I went and saw it. I was super amazed. It was a packed house, considering you know I never knew anything about it, and I was just like a lark. And I found out last minute, but it was all you know a whole bunch of like West Philly dirties, like you know definitely <laughs> definitely some body odor. Sorry, West Philly, you, you need a shower. But um, you know it was uh, yeah, I, and I and you were as soon as I got done with it, you were te- like text messaging me. Yeah, because I was like, at work. What did you think, dude? And I'm like, <laughs> like immediately like, wanted to know. Give me a second. I just watched the thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> a 1984 version. Sorry, Sorry sequel. Yeah. Okay. Um, and cool. uh, John, I don't know. I don't know how badly I'm going to rake you over the coals because we gave you all this time to watch it. And John's a busy guy. 
But that's not going to change how I'm going to rake you over the coals because... About a coal raking. Like, you... How far did you get into it? I'll tell you one thing. Okay. It's one good-looking alien. <laughs> What's his, it? his back was to us, and like you saw that. Like, he has a good back. Sweet, a lot of muscle. Sweet. Ass. <laughs> anyway, there's some parts, <laughs> nice transition. There's some parts that like you see his face like crack open, like get maturing in like time, and I'm like, this is the original Benjamin Button. Right <laughs> wait, wait, are we talking about the thing or Starman? Oh, was that Starman? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit of a Starman thing sandwich. I, I saw layers of Starman. I saw on, to, on top of thing. I saw some of Starman last night. That's what I saw. I thought it was the thing. But no, no, but you did. <laughs> did wait, wait, you, wait. Did you or did you not see the thing? Wait, guys wait. in our Antarctic outpost. <laughs> yeah. Did it start out with the Antarctic, or was, did it start out with yeah. like? Was it cold was, or hot? With, That's with, really with, with, a, with a spaceship. Wisconsin or the Antarctic? All in there. All I saw was this like really hot girl that I've seen in the. I guess there there's no, no women. In the, no yeah, women so in the thing. No women in the start thing. Start so get the, get uh, understand this, John. You you. I failed. You failed completely. You are not going to be at any part of the start of this conversation. <laughs> I don't know how much you're going to be part yeah, we'll reserve of, judgment of the, the end of the conversation. <laughs> right. I uh, can just engineer it today. I, I that might be... Fly on the watch, wall. I can just watch word. this thing. That might be... It could be the thing. Maybe that's why we know John is the thing. Is I don't have a flamethrower. Have you seen They Live? Is the thing self-aware? Have you seen Have you seen They Live? Depends on uh, the end. Uh, Roddy Piper... <laughs> also sees alien. The Obey movie. Have Rowdy, seen, Rowdy Piper. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. But we're going to get into that. We're later. not going <laughs> to. Ed's trying to John don't see so good. I think it's really what we're getting here. <laughs> okay, so John. Yeah, John. Don't make you, him feel bad. You, don't make him feel you, more bad. You, you can make me feel you bad. Yeah, don't back, be a hater. You, you hold back. It's a podcast. Ask some questions if that's what you feels necessary <laughs> stop us along the way if you, if you think that we're, we're getting that you don't understand what we're talking no, about no but i've seen thing um he lives in a swamp right <laughs> that is swamp thing swamp that is thing. a thing a version so yes sure he's also a member of the fantastic four okay <laughs> i'm so disappointed right now uh, but uh okay well look so, I mean, like, but, but okay is... but uh, uh you know we uh, we three will get into it about sure. About these films, the Three Kings, as the it were. Three Kings, as it were. Well, here's a question: Is it a would it be a hard sell if the thing were made today? You know, for like the way it was made for for guys like John. <laughs> I mean, like that you're asking. That's a weirdo hypothetical. You're saying the exact same movie just transported to 2019. Well, I, I mean, could, I don't think you could produce it the same way. Well, of course. I think that's the big one uh, because that goes into uh, the film. So. Uh, we, we will, get, in, we will get into nice the segue. film um, r- right now. Not first, the mode of transportation. First, we will uh, first we will uh, tackle uh, uh, Carpenter's The Thing, and then uh, when we're exhausted, all that we'll get <laughs> we into, squeezed all the juice out of that. We'll, uh, we'll get into Starman, well, which I, wait, I actually I like to think of the two these two movies as sort of um, the Schwarzenegger and DeVito. Of, <laughs> of of Carpenter's yeah, over. and Carpenter's like the mom, and then like you know, the, you know, you know, are we really? I can see the resemblance. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But well, look, 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 going to this. Why these two movies? Again, why these two movies. Well, uh, the choice is because Carpenter, as a director, is you know he made his big break with genre work, but mostly independent, people, independent, genre yeah, work. exactly. Yeah. The thing was his first big studio film, and there are two films that. 
on paper seem to tackle the same subject matter. Alien first contact. And yet they are diametrically opposed in every single way, um, right down to the fact that, you know, oh, yeah, they're both Not aliens. even just their first contact. I mean, if you go a little bit deeper, they also involve, both involve, like, you know, alien, uh, you know, basically, like, not just assimilation, but imitation. Yeah, right? exactly. And yes. that's, you know, that's sort of, uh, to me, that's where, like, the thread really, like, kind of... Because you know, that is up. a good point, because yeah. it is, it's both, they're both about aliens taking the form of human beings and interacting with them. Right. One in a benevolent sort of way or at least right. or at least mm-hmm. not uh, malignant right. and uh, the other one uh, is just malevolent well, yeah to the to the yeah. ex- to the nth <laughs> degree um and uh, both show the range of this director john carpenter and you know what he was capable of doing someone who i think um i look at his films in general and i think especially when he was on that tear that you know basically from almost the thing i maybe up and around into like maybe the mouth of madness right we can you know we can you know at least should mention some of the stuff that he carpenter has been involved with i mean he's probably most famous for halloween right right and then you know you dig into some deeper stuff like assault on precinct 13 uh the fog comes Mm -hmm. up a lot when you know you're talking about his horror movies like you said escape from la escape from new york Mm -hmm. uh, even more so chris your christine yeah big trouble in little china christine as well yeah this and is and that's and they, that's a that's they a live. Tear. We already mentioned they live. Th- that's a tear. That's a bit yeah. of a tear. And he's a. Is that all? Like that's all basically in the same decade, right? I mean, to this. Uh, some of that was they close. live was eighty eight. I think. Yeah, it so, was eighty eight, and like Mouth of Madness, we were in high school. That was a little bit like later, ninety four, yeah. ninety three, right. ninety four. Something. There were like some that. bigger gaps at the end. Yeah, at least uh, but not that, the end. But thank, sorry, John. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> but, Carp- uh, Carpenter. That is when you know after his, his career sort of cooled <laughs> and he yeah. wasn't getting quite the response. But when he was on a tear, we're talking about a man who has an incredible classic sense of film. I mean, he always talks about his you know his influences are guys like Howard Hawks, you know, from that era, right. Yeah, especially the black and white era when he was a kid. Yeah. He really, like, you know, in doing some of the, you know, looking back into his interviews, especially when he's talking about where his insp- inspirations come from, uh, he talks about Hawks a lot. Mm-hmm. But he also talks about, you know, these popcorn-style movies that mm-hmm. he saw as a kid and, you know, sort of trying to get that same vibe, that same juice from it mm-hmm. now, you know, through his work. And, you know, he he decided to tackle genre work, which I think that is one of the big reasons why when he was younger, right, he wasn't quite as respected because those genres weren't respected. That's true. I don't know, but and, but if you do hear him when you you know again when you hear some of his interviews and you hear, listen to him talk about it, people, you know, time and time again, people ask him about his genre work. I don't think he intended on just being a genre mm-hmm. director, a horror director. Yeah, it, he definitely true. got sort of like nestled in and known for that. But, you know, that's why, you know, even something as, like Starman became sort of a, an aberration of, of, degree, of some degree because nobody ever saw anything like that out of him before. And, you know, it being a sort of a love story and also sort of a road movie. Uh, and uh, with all that said, still sort of a sweet movie as mm-hmm. well. You know, sort of a heart, you know, a heartstring style movie. So Halloween becomes his first commercial one of or one of his first well independently hits. produced and did he know. write how i know he wrote some other like some of the other stuff but did he write halloween i don't uh, think he did right. i don't think he did i don't think halloween. he did either i think he might have wrote one of the sequels but not i think he wrote the i think he would i believe he wrote halloween Screenplay by john carpenter oh it was by john carpenter. Okay. okay so he did deborah hill he, he he did uh i know he also wrote the third one he wrote uh season of the witch okay right. uh he actually ends up not 
writing too much of a lot of his films, though. Yeah, well, that's, you know, one of the things he said, too, is that he kind of, you know, it's the double duty thing that sort of burns him out. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. for you know, well, he was, he was he was doing music on certain some right. of his and that's another that's too. another angle. And one of those guys when you're comp- dealing with a a three hundred thousand dollar budget, three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, letter, exactly. You're going to do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have to almost out of necessity. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, uh, because I think that Breakout is Halloween, right? And you know, oh, it's a slasher film. You know who you know who who, who cares? Uh, at the time, of course, disregarded, but. Highly influential. Yeah, now it he makes. He didn't bank, do Halloween even. in space, did he? Yeah. I, no, that was <laughs> Jason. You're thinking yeah, of Jason. You're X. thinking of Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. which is without a doubt wouldn't exist without sure. with without. Well, I don't even. Again, I think that's one of the weird things. I mean, he started that whole genre, especially the over the top mm. versions of it, like the Jasons and Freddies. That all came from. Yeah, it looks like he's, he's, he's writing a lot of the stuff, like uh, the Fog. Here, he also mm-hmm. wrote that with Deborah Hill. Did you see the new Fog? No. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that the, tends to happen. Is that Superman is in that? Isn't a Smallville? Yeah, yeah, Smallville's in Smallville's there. Smallville's in right. there. Yeah, I figured as much. So yeah. horrible. Superman. What's his face? Oh, uh, Tom, 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 Tom Welling. Yeah, Tom Welling's Tom in it. Yeah, yeah. Superman. Tom Wellington. But uh, he, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, he he has this, uh, you know, this run of, he's getting, he's getting notoriety, and... Uh, Universal is trying to do a remake of the thing from another world at the time, right? And right. Uh, you talk about eighty in the eighty yeah, eighties, yeah, yeah. And uh, a couple other directors had uh, tried to take a crack at it, and they ended up, you know, leaving the project. It wasn't. Done, um, it actually is one of his favorite films. He features it in Halloween. Well, it was not just directors. There was different versions. Like, obviously, there was always going to be different versions of the script, but there were multiple writers on right. it before yeah. he even got, you know, like a sniff at it, too. Well, it's originally, you're talking about The Thing, right? Yes. Yeah, it was done in 82, uh, originally written by La- uh, Bill Lancaster. Yeah, uh, uh, Bill Lancaster, by the way, Burt Lancaster's son, <laughs> whose previous work had been, like, Bad News Bears. Yeah, sure. I was just going to bring that up. And, like, the guy and, who yeah, pens Bad News Bears. And, and um, um, got along very well with Carpenter. Carpenter really enjoyed the story, really liked the, the you know, sort of the take that it was going to be, that it was going, you know, that he wanted he wanted it to be closer to the, you know, the source material who goes there, uh, which was, you know, the uh, the novella. Closer compared to the original. The yeah, original. The first one, the first the, well, he does the first, the first script. The 50s, uh, right? first script adaptation for Firestarter, uh, which originally Carpenter was supposed to direct. Yeah, he yeah. got that's he got fired from it after the thing failed miserably <laughs> in the box office. Right? <laughs> and um, you know, he'd always been a he would always been a huge, huge fan of the original, which is taking a little time out is. I can understand a modern audience looking at that original film and not coming away too blown away by it. Yeah, well, it's it's, mon- it's monster in a suit kind of. Yeah, you know. it's, it's it's a square jawed nineteen. I mean, basically, kind of, it's like a Frankenstein. Yeah. you know, scenario. Uh, but it you can understand Frankenstein at the North Pole. Yeah, is really yeah. what it comes down to. <laughs> it's like sort of South like, Pole. Who one one of the so poles. Yukon Yukon Cornelius has been killed and they've uh, reanimated. They do course. set the thing on. They set that shit on fire. A yeah, lot, exactly. Well, that, they throw like buckets of gasoline or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like eventually, like, electrocuted to, to get rid of it. Yeah, and I mean, that at least was impressive. For, no, for yes, 50, that was one the of the things. If you look at that original thing, some of that stunt work stuff is, like, it's it's insane. Like, there's 
when they set him on fire, at one point, the guy who's on fire, like, takes a swipe. Sorry, guy, at, we don't know your name. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, 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 whoever the stuntman was, he takes a swipe at the, like, the lone female character. Right. And, like, all she has is, like, some, like, piece of, like, highly flammable insulation, like... Between her and this guy on fire. Don't worry, baby. This is the movies. Yeah, exactly. Like, we'll edit it out in post. You know what I mean? But, uh, burns. Uh, other other things that impressed um, Carpenter and then impressed generally was that you know that film was pretty much ghost directed by Howard Hawks. That's right. He was day. technically the producer, but Christian Ivey, I guess. Yeah, exactly. British director. We most people assume at by the stage that Hawks pretty much came in. Yeah, that's and, the infer- inference, at least. Like you know. And you have a lot of things that were kind of cutting edge in that film, even though, again, by today's standards, you you know, you maybe look at a disconce, but things like the overlapping dialogue part part of it, you know, right. dialogue uh, being the main element of that movie compared to yeah. the eighty four or the nineteen eighty, you know, and yeah, and and the idea of there's there's small little things, there's stuff like yeah, you've got the square jawed hero, but every character sort of it puts his little five cent his sense in. Yeah, and the characters are way different from even, like, the old novella, like, Mm -hmm. the original novella, or, you know, Carpenter's version. They have, from what I can tell, totally different names. There's not a a McCready. There's not, you know, Childs or any of that. I mean, at least, like, you know, we talked about me. I went back and read the Who Goes There novella, Mm -hmm. and there is is definitely McCready. Like, that's what I like, you know, from... You know the stuff is very different, mm-hmm. but still, way the Carpenter version of the movie is like you know way closer to retains what, much yeah. more of the essential yeah. elements. Yeah, the general idea, the general vibe, and even so much as like the you know some of the names of the characters and their place in the scenario. Mm-hmm. But and so you know the, the he he wanted to make that remake, and he finally does gets gets that uh, gets assigned to it. It's an interesting production. It's an interesting crew that he brings together for it. Uh, not just, you know, in front of the camera. We can obviously, we'll talk about the cast. Uh, of in the front film. of the camera, it was like mostly, I mean, the cast was mostly theater actors. Theater actors, you know, people who were outside of Russell. Stuff, yeah. Outside of the yeah. well, magnificent some, I Kurt mean, Russell. It, we mentioned those names, and then today you go, Wow, he's got Brimley on this. A young Brimley, a young Keith David. <laughs> um, well, when I saw that midnight movie showing, the first thing I was like, as soon as I stepped into it, I really didn't do a lot. Of, I, you know, I knew Kurt Russell was going to be in it, but I was like, character actor I know, character actor I know. You know, I'm, I'm placing all that. It's like Richard Dysart from L.A. Law mm-hmm. is copper. Right, 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 right. You know, I, the president the, of the United States. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> right, yeah, uh, what's his face? Uh, Donald Moffat. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Moffat, yeah. Canadian, by the way. <laughs> I mean, Tom Waits, Thomas C. Waits was mm-hmm. in... Uh, Famous in, for the Warriors? Yeah, he was in the Warriors. <laughs> in the Warriors. <laughs> Warriors. But... I mean, Joe Polis, like, the, you know, this is like a very, like, random reference, but he was... Uh, Got another movie that I, I'm i angry that we're not kind of getting into okay, also. Okay, well, but, let's not Remember Joe sidetrack. Polis from, like, uh, Gary's Old Town Tavern on Cheers? Remember, like, he was, like, the guy that was always... That's the only other Sam's, thing. I'm sorry, Joe. Sam's arch nemesis? Right. right. <laughs> Uh, Paul Paul Mullally, who said Richard Dystar, uh, uh, Charles Hallahan, uh, Richard Massor. Uh, uh, surprise! Uh, a little tidbit is uh, the producer of the film, Larry Franco, who at the time was Kurt Russell's brother-in-law. Right. Plays the Norwegian that gets shot in the yeah. beginning. <laughs> yeah, to save money, ultimately, mostly. <laughs> right. 
Uh, he was and, all about cost cutting, you know. right? And of course, Keith David and uh, and and Kurt Russell, the young Keith David, like like pre twenty five. I'm, yeah. I'm the voice of like PBS. He had only yeah. done like one thing in like I, some Dolomite movie or something. He was like twenty five. I remember hearing this was his first. I mean, maybe for his first real movie. I don't know. Yeah, what, but he's twenty five years old in this. And not only that, like I mean, he actually. You know, just a little side note. He actually broke his hand in a car wreck. Yeah, like the week before they started, started filming. So you there can are see, a bunch of scenes where he, you can see them hide. Once I think it's his that, left hand. You, you can, you definitely see him hiding it in that scene where he's uh, smoking a joint with Palmer. <laughs> right. Like, they're passing a joint with his right hand, but you know, and watching uh, uh, game, when when Wilfred shows when Wilfred goes crazy. <laughs> um, like there's this one point where he kind of like dives behind Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. And like it's immediately there just so that he can get his hand yeah, behind Russell's back so that it doesn't show. I, you know, I don't want to really like derail you, but we spent a bit of a, bit of time getting into Wilford Brimley. We'll get into <laughs> oh, no, we'll get into Wilford. Don't, a, don't, don't a, a worry. Pre mustache Wilford Brimley. For little, yeah, that's that. You you were kind of like John's like, getting the cups of oatmeal out for us, so that's not ready yet. <laughs> Bowls. Get the word out. Get the word get out. Get that word so out. Want to really get in the mood for that? Uh. But uh, we'll get to Wilford. Uh, but uh, Carpenter also assembled a, a, a good team, you know, like I said, behind the camera. Um, his uh, cinematographer was Dean Kudney, who has, I mean, like, here's a, just a list of the films that Kudney uh, 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 had done. The Fog, Escape from New York, Halloween, Romancing the Stone, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, um, and, a, and a crap ton more. Uh, so he was definitely a master... Uh, cinematographer. Uh, he got Ennio Morricone to do the soundtrack. Is that, are you sure that's how you say it? I'm like, I didn't want to risk it. <laughs> uh, he got he got Ennio Morricone, of course, famous for um, the Dollars trilogy. Uh, you know, ah, oh, wah, oh, no. did not did not see that. Coming. Um, or the fact that you know, like Lacage Fall, you know. And uh, he had this... But he was, in- all, yeah, surgically only Westerns, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. And he had then uh, to produce what he wanted from the film, which would be special effects. And at the time, they were practical special effects. They were puppetries. It was, you know, you had to have actual physical builds of things. And what was it that I told you? I said, is that Stan Winston? And you said... Stan Winston is part of the team, but mm-hmm. he only does one small section of the film because... Yeah. Uh, I think he also does that. He has also has a small bit on uh, Starman as well, doesn't he? He's yes, involved, he does. A sm- he does. He which is another does. weird tie together. Yeah, yeah exactly. The way these films. Uh, but yeah, I, but like that. I look at the the scenes where, you know, the 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 the, the creature the, the creatures. I'm like, oh, this has got this, Stan. All this has got Stan Winston, yeah. right? You know, and no, instead it was uh, actually a uh, very very young. He was in his early twenties. A gentleman by the name of Rob Botine, and that is how. Carpenter pronounces it, so I'm going with the way uh, Carpenter says it. <laughs> and uh, uh, Botine had been like 22 a, years old at the time. Yeah, yeah, insane. Had met Carpenter. Uh, He'd worked on, on the, the fog. fog. Yeah. yeah, and he was also involved. I mean, some of the, his movies before that too were like The Howling. Yeah, what, uh, right. And he, apparently, he also did some 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 sort of work on like Rock and Roll High School. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Which is yeah, like exactly. kind of left field compared to what we're talking. And about. you know. We're talking about a time when the effects community was a very small thing in Hollywood. Yeah. And, you know... 
and small. No, well, yeah. I was going to say small minded as well. I mean, there it was, but that's I think that you know that's kind of negative. But it was definitely boxed in. You could do this, but you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Is really the, you know. the, the nucleus for for uh, for effects was was really budding. I mean, if you talk about um, what. Lucas was doing right from seventy seven on. Yeah. Well, Alien definitely hit yeah, yeah. that. Stu- yeah. That was like the the genesis of stuff that happened that Rob yeah. Martin does here. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt. And he he worked his he worked his butt off, uh, and uh, that included no, Martin working with. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. No, but I just yeah, I had an idea about him. Like, I mean, the interviews that I read with uh, I've seen with Botin, Bot Putin. I don't know. But at Rob Botin, he uh, actually says himself that he got so into working on these effects, he basically made it his life and lived on the set, set. Yeah, sleeping on the couches of like the rec room or whatever. Like at so much so he, he never left. He always was on set, and he eventually said that he had to go to the, yeah, the hospital. hospital for exhaustion. <laughs> it's like all right, and I'm that's partially that what what brings in Stan Winston because they couldn't finish. He needed they needed to finish up uh, the sequence with the dogs, right? But. Uh, Botin also ended up working with uh, Per Carpenter, um, some some good storyboard persons, and uh, one of them was uh, Marvel Comics artist Mike Plug, who was known for working on stuff like Ghost Rider and Man Thing. So this was like to be in the seventies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh, and Plug, that's he, interesting. He had gone on to then do uh, you know storyboard work for Hollywood, right? And so this is and oh, and finally, last but not least. Um, he managed to rope in uh, master matte painting uh, artist Albert Whitlock, right? Who had been known for you know working with people like you know Alfred Hitchcock and doing all sorts of the birds. I yeah. think is something he worked on, which is a weird thing. I mean, now stuff that I, I mean, assume that some matte painting stuff still happens in movies, but at that point, that was your CGI to yeah. a great degree, where they basically would only build parts of sets and fill in the rest with matte paintings mm-hmm. instead of like a crowd scene or, you know, like right. they do in you know, like Star Wars and, or anything. And, and you needed real artistry because, you know, I mean, like, again, you're, you, you have an art, you have an artist background and you know I that. Do, it's thank like, you. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice of you to say. Well, my mom, I, my mom says des- I'm good. Thanks for designing our logo, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've ever really said this can. on the show. I do it again. Uh, but like you know that I listen at home with one tear. <laughs> <laughs> That's my baby. Um, but like you can see the level of like detail you would need back then, and. The lighting was the number one thing. I mean, there was another behind the scenes that yes, I checked yes. out where he Whitlock, does, yeah, yeah, Whitlock goes on and on. I mean, his main thing is you got to have the lighting. I mean, you know, it's even if it's the best painting in the world, it could be the Sistine Chapel. Mm. If the lighting doesn't match what's in the shot, it's useless. Mm. And you know, again, that's where it comes down to. You know, I think that same thing holds even with CGI. Mm-hmm. If the lighting is like from the right and like the actors is yeah, hitting yeah. from the left, that looks like bullshit. You know. Mm-hmm. Now this has all a price tag of fifteen million dollars. Right. right. Yes. Uh, considered a box office disappointment. Yeah, um, brings in only nineteen point six million dollars, and uh, it's a con- uh, it was and, competing you know, against all- ET. Right. Going opening yeah. up against uh, against Blade the, Runner you know, too. And, was, and Blade Runner on the same day. But and, that was also a failure. Don't right, get right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. Right, that's true. <laughs> At the that's time. true. Yeah. And then on top of it, you got to think the studio execs. There were these things that he was asking for, um, you know, before the release, that would make them look askance. The idea of here, I'm bringing this this nucleus mm-hmm. of actors. I have really only one semi bankable person in Kurt Russell, and like you said, 
I'm bringing in all these theater and yeah, this is way before Tango and Cash. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I mean, I guess he could have Tango and Thing. I don't know. I don't know which one was Cash though. No, you have to say it like Jack Palance says: Tango and Cash. Yeah. All right, but, I'll, I'll uh, let you guys do the impressions. Uh, but uh, on top of that, like I said, he he so he doesn't really have a like a giant bankable cast. Mm. He's got a, a, someone who's on the who is on the cusp of superstardom, and then he's telling them, "Look, I need you to pay these guys for two three weeks for us to workshop." Wait, the script. You, what would what Wait, would you any, Kurt? Yeah. What would anybody have known? He wasn't Kurt a Russell superstar. From? Well, he was very much a, a he known was known, quality. but he wasn't yeah. out of the Disney farm. Yeah, Disney movies. Right? Yeah, I mean, everyone knew Disney. who he was. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know, man. That's like saying like the guy who was starred in the Flubber films was a superstar. Well, he, it was right. it was Kurt before, and you know, I'm I'm glad you're bringing this up because it's, it's Kurt <laughs> before Tango Cash. Before Big Trouble. Right. Um, and it's, it, to some degree... Before these... Captain Ron. Come on. Martin Short is a revelation. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I mean... And, uh, of course, way, overboard. way, way, way before... Overboard, ladies and gentlemen. The, before his story... Jebediah Stain, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. You're making, no, no, I'm just... Not, not, I think they missed their opportunity no, for, make, with no, Captain Ron and, like, in the modern times to bring him back and do those, uh, you know, the, the Captain Morgan... Commercials <laughs> with Captain, 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 and then the Captain Ron's just like standing there. It's yeah, like, like Captain. I need some. Oh, sorry, I gotta save my Jebediah Jib- Stain for, yeah, for, for later. Yeah. When Obadiah Stain. Yeah, yeah. Stain. But uh, uh, you know, he he told the studio, "You got to pay these guys because we need to workshop this script, mm-hmm. and they need to learn their characters." And then there's just the shoot. There's the where we got it. We have these untested guys doing special effects. And then, oh yeah, by the way, we're going to do location shooting in the wilds that, of Alaska. Yeah, British Columbia. Well, I think yeah, yeah, it was right up. But the weird thing is, like, they actually did. I mean, they they needed like at least six months lead time because they went and built the set for in the summertime. Like, yeah, and the, so it would be covered in snow. You know, six months later. But, but if you see where they built the set originally, it was all mud. Right, it's on yeah. a glacier, but because it's, it's a mining camp, it's yeah, near yeah, yeah. a mining camp. And you know, one of the things about the difficulty of of shooting this thing is you got the temperature issues, and you know, you talk about the whole thing with the cameras, the lenses. But yeah, the lenses would fog up. You know, he had to leave them overnight outside. And a countless, uh, 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 I. I Gosh, how many flamethrowers do they have on set? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another. That's, you know, yeah, seriously. Like, yeah. You know what we need? <laughs> Being scientists and all. <laughs> flamethrowers. 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 But anyone, who do you think they're supplying that? Like, yeah, you it's know? like a five-pack of lighters at the, uh, <laughs> at the Walgreens. Uh, now, no, no, now no, it, gets, it gets a, a Drew Struzan poster. Right. And, uh, yeah, like, see, another thing, shrink. another and knocking like, it out of the park wow. aspect of the film. They've, Carpenter, I'm not, I'm not going to say he didn't want it, but... I don't think, like, I think his original reaction was that he didn't like the way, like, what, you know, that it was like, oh, another guy in a suit kind of looked right, yeah. pr- like his approach. But, but when you think about it, it was, it was again this sort of. Like, I love that poster, though. Yeah, it's off the beaten track. It is, it is, it stands out amongst Drew, uh, Drew Struzan's work. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's not, when people think of Indiana Jones, they think of Star Wars. I think it, I like it because it actually, I mean, when you see the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it from seeing it. But then if you haven't seen the movie, it's What like, is that about? Yeah, and it's like sort of a red herring-ish kind of scenario to it. It doesn't just say everything. Mm-hmm. It's not just like modern posters where it's just like... Photoshop you know, crap, yeah. Yeah, like a three-quarters view of Harrison Ford and then like tiny like heads yeah. at the bottom with, like, you know... Yeah, just just a you know t- tr- tr- t- a collage. As it yeah, were. essentially, essentially, and so like even even with the the movie poster, we're getting a, a flavor, we're getting something different, we're getting off the beaten path, and 
you know, he delivers this film. It's uh, the cast bonds uh, in making this in making all this male. movie. All, all, this, male. all male. There was one woman in the crew. And she ends up having to leave. She was pregnant. She was pregnant, exactly. So it would like then suddenly Who's just became the father. The, the thing, right? <laughs> not that you, you would know, Jonathan. <laughs> it, it was Wilford. It was maybe Wilford. it's Starman. You saw that. You tell us. <laughs> Does he have any orbs? That's how. Is that maybe that was the that was the that was yeah. the inspiration? Can he change his TV with just his finger? There you go. What we can do big. now? But uh, you know, um, it was this incredible endeavor uh that you know nearly killed rob botten and unfortunately in the end nearly killed john carpenter's career yeah uh because when it came out it was savaged right by everyone and in in, in a way that what they called the i mean some i think it was it was one of the main newspapers called the instant junk yeah instant junk a you know, wretched excess wretched excess right proposed as one of the most hated films of all time which is nuts. <laughs> I mean, it, it earned Razzies. But, like, go do something E3. else. Is really you what know, to uh, even, you know, Grand Poobah critic Roger Ebert. Yeah. Who was known to be very open to who genre is the, work. Who the good cop of the two. Of, yeah, exactly. And who, who you know, who would, would, would defend genre work. Just apparently, you know, also was not forgiving of this film. Yeah. Uh, very few people saw the, you know, the artistry uh, of it. Who saw the, the craftsmanship of it. I do think, it, you know. What's your review of it? Well, we're going to get to it. <laughs> That's we're what we're doing, it. We're going to get to it. John. No, but you're talking about their review. Yeah. So well, contrast it a little bit. You know? Okay. Well, you know, having, <laughs> well, seen, I think it, the, having seen it. In the difference that, <laughs> you know, with that in mind, I actually do think, it, you know, if Ebert were to, you know, was still alive, obviously, rest in peace. But if he was still going, I think he would have a different opinion of that movie now, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because the, all the opinions about it, that's the main, the main, really like the main motivation that we're, you know, that brought us to talk about this movie is that opinion the popular opinion like fanboy opinion mm-hmm. has changed about this movie from that moment and i think ebert would have been on board with that because it's like yeah you know what there was a different time a different thinking a uh, different you know it was Mindset, uncomfortable yeah. i mean this movie is uncomfortable as fuck mm-hmm. but once you uh, you know you you get like the uh, benefit of time underneath you you can see like yeah it's there's like a lot of worse, a lot more gory, mm-hmm. a lot well, more. It gives a show bullshit. you, I mean, the subjective nature of things. I mean, look, look at this. I mean, uh, what is cinema of of all things, cinema fantastique, <laughs> right? Okay, which is the horror, okay, the horror, uh, the horror counterpart to Starlog, right? The most hated Mangoria. That's just your opinion. The, the mace, the mace, uh, the most hated movie of all time? Question mark. A Starlog, Starlog. Cold and sterile. Of all yeah, time. yeah, and that and that, it laid that, a Starlog. That is what actually hurt Carpenter the most because he was like, yeah, the, the fans. The He's the not getting the love from the from the genre. The genre, the genre people, people were like, oh no, we don't, we don't like this. Um, we don't like this film. We, you know, we we are thoroughly, thoroughly turned off by it. And almost like they invented trolling at that point. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's like the genesis. Like, they, Carp- yeah, they just wanted to pile on. Yeah. It became. It be- I think it became part of that sport. No um, internet, all troll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so um, it's a film that has gone through a reassessment, and we will continue with our reassessment after we come back from some words from friends. Hello out there, everyone. My name is Miguel Alejandro Velez. And Edwarding here. And we are the hosts of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. As anyone knows, we are based out of the Park Slope Brooklyn-based Pancake Studios, providing 
to us by one Jonathan Vergara. Ed, what can they expect to get out of Pancake Studios? And here at Pancake Studios, covering your audio recording, production, mixing, and mastering needs. And Jonathan is a complete wizard when it comes to these things. Uh, we Coming this month, it would be our third year anniversary. And uh, he's made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Look no further. Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. I love our logo. No, really. I love our logo. The To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast logo was provided to us by friend of the show, Matt Silkowski, who also runs MSD Studios. And what does Matt do at MSD Studios? He provides positive reinforcement for your brand. Located in Philadelphia, Matt has worked with clients of all sizes and has helped them to focus on designs for campaigns, rebrands, and new brands. Get in touch for your next project, MSD Studios. That's msdstudios.com. So uh, I would just like to go uh, ask Ed, ask, ask Matt, and then I'll go. Um, what about your general? Uh, you gotta leave, dude. Oh, cool. <laughs> I got a. Uh, I was wondering why. I got a. I got a job at in Antarctica. They said. Uh, <laughs> they said they got. Oh, wait, they, no, we got flamethrowers. We got to get to Arizona, like Winslow, Arizona. First, first, exactly. Uh, I'll ask each of you. Um, you know your general impressions of the film. Your take on, you know, um, your thoughts on its quality and uh, what stood out, what didn't stand out to you. Um, and uh, then we'll go into a, a little more uh, depth of some other uh, aspects of it. So, uh, Matt, you yeah. had not seen it. True. Um, you were aware, obviously you were aware of it. it. Was one of those films that was on cable. It was on HBO. Yeah, and like I said, I didn't really see a lot of Carpenter stuff either. I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've definitely seen bits and pieces of well, if I were, Halloween and but I never truly sat down and yeah, um, made a point of you know kind of drinking this stuff in but mm-hmm. well what would be like if i like you at the at the mention of carpenter what's the first thing that comes i to think you? of halloween i mean for me it's they live know. yeah for i mean me i didn't but to be honest with you like i you know i, I pro- i've definitely seen they live mm-hmm. never like and i was so detached from it that i never really uh, realized yeah, it was yeah, a carpenter yeah. right right you mm-hmm. know what I mean? um sort of like even starman to some degree i i knew i knew of starman salt when i was a kid didn't put two and two together until you know we really you know not not just recently but i didn't know you know when i saw it then who starman or who mm-hmm. carpenter was but at the same time ironically he puts his name in the titles of everything right he's there. almost like forced to yeah <laughs> it's like john carpenter starman john, john carpenter's they live john carpenter's apostrophe yes exactly um so now uh having seen it that first and i i actually am kind of jealous that you right. got to see it your that's first a, viewing in a theater yeah that's the question you asked me like it's got to be you know how was it seeing it first time as an adult? Mm-hmm. When did to, you see it? In it? When, when did you see that? When did I see yeah, the movie? Well, yeah, February twenty okay, something. Okay. Yeah, it was very recent. Yeah. Yeah, it was very recent happened when we yeah, were talking was... about doing this, and then it was like, like you said, like a few days later. Right. Oh, hey, it's showing here in Philly. I might as well go check it. I out. mean, the like obviously we had been talking about you know sort of contrasting and pairing these two movies, but it just you know, like I said, it, it just happened to pop up, and I was like, all right, seeing it on the big screen, that's cool. You know, what I mean? right. it, it just sort of. You know, just force the hand one way or the other. And so, you know, 
Egg, when you were when you were fin- you know when you were finished watching it, what was what was your impression of it? What did you take away? I th- well, I think the text messages I sent you when you uh, frantically were trying to get a hold of me. I'm like, I'm movie just ended, and I was just like, I figured you'd just give me a minute. But um, the I think the first thing I said was Maddie's new nightmare, <laughs> and you're like, is that a reference to Freddie? I'm like, oh, sorry enough, my accent. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was one of those movies that uh, when it ended. Not only were you like, what did I just fucking see? You're also like, whoo! You know, you kind of, like, they definitely had a, like, because um, it, uh, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the ending, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> and, you know, the it was just so, you're not sure, like, I almost didn't expect that to be the ending. Like, you know, the pacing was, you know, it, it has, like, a lot of quiet moments, but once the stuff, like, once the, at, all the shit starts going downhill at the end, um... You really you just you kind of lose track of time. Right, you know right, what I mean. Right. You don't really realize like you know what what part of the movie you're. It's in. like blood test, and then like yeah, yeah we're, we're <laughs> oh hell is broken loose. <laughs> we're on a downward spiral here. Yeah. You know, you know, everything's going down the drain, and uh, not having not having seen it before did did like it sounds like the 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 special effects still affected you and the tension still affected you well that was the one thing i knew going in was the like the practical effects i knew that was going to be a main component which i really dig um i and i would say i mean and i think a lot of that great work i love i love the way that looked there's you know there's still some rough edges, but anything, even Starman had like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. had a lot of rough edges. I think some of that comes from the timing and the technology available, but it was still more believable, more viable than even, you know, like stuff with this, like, you know, some of the modern CGI, like we talked about mm-hmm. with the eventual 2011 sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, I, again, my, one, my first takeaway, I think after the movie, me and I went with my buddy, Sean, another a mutual friend of ours lives in Philly. Um, and after the movie, you know, people are standing outside having a cigarette, we'll do whatever, but somebody comes up to us and, you know, like, it's like, you know, they were asking us, you know, have we seen it before? Pretty much what we're talking and about right now. they shoved their hand in your mouth. Yeah. It's like, to... I don't think this is a movie, <laughs> okay. but the, you know, the, like one of the first things I could think about was that whole character actor ensemble mm. thing, which is, you know, I, as soon as it started rolling and we get into like, you know, you, the scenes in the rec room, the scenes inside the compound. And you know the, the which fact, are just guys talking. The fact that yeah. even though Kurt Russell eventually is like the you know rises to the top as far as the main character, the interest I was like, wow, you know, like Brimley. I don't, I don't mean to bring Brimley up. It's a <laughs> subject. Oh, we'll bring him up later. But like Brimley, all, you know, all these other guys, I was like, wow, this is like you know that's sort of different, you know, for even like horror movies, because yeah, there's a lot of dialogue, especially in the beginning when they're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, but. That I was, you know, definitely, you know, this is, it is almost like a play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, at some points, Carpenter thought that was, it was too much like a play while they were mm-hmm. filming it to the point where I think they even filmed certain scenes entirely inside. And then he's like, this is too much like a bunch of assholes sitting around we talking. You got to get you guys out of the environment. They refilmed the same scenes outside the camp in, in you know, yeah, in the fucking snow. Blizzard type weather, yeah. But that was the thing. My takeaway was, like, you know, at least from, you know, as things were happening, it was like, wow, this is interesting. There's actual acting going on mm-hmm. here. I mean, it's, even, it's, even Brimley's acting the fuck out. Yeah, no, it. yeah. And it's almost like... Not a, that he's a bad actor. You know, it's almost like a Carpenter like has a, said stuff like, you know, its influences are things like 12 Angry Men. Mm-hmm. It literally, that's what you have. You have 12 characters well, yeah, who are in right. a claustrophobic situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it almost is like a prison. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, not, not, 
you know, not discounting the fact that it is all guys mm-hmm. and they're locked in this spot that they can't get out of. Paranoia. And, it's just... Right. And, you know, this distrust. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people make friends in prison, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying these guys, I mean, Palmer and the other, you know, Palmer and Wilfred's you know, the top. Wilfred's yeah. the top. We know. <laughs> but, uh, so you Did came away. some jelly? <laughs> no, oatmeal. oatmeal. It's oatmeal. oatmeal. It's oatmeal. Uh, get the word out. Get the word out. Get the word out. No more jello over here. <laughs> um, but um, so, like, you came away impressed with the with like the the facets that weren't necessarily flashy. Yeah, I don't necessarily I mean, just the, the special effects. We were just talking about how you know a lot of the criticism was that oh, this is just a, like, a crazy gore fest, unnecessary body, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like horror and all that stuff. But it really isn't you know, to me. That stuff is there, and it, there's definitely pockets of it. But what, you know, the way it leads into it and, like, the way the guys kind of react to it, it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm almost, almost surprised that there wasn't more freaking out. You know what I mean? Like, everybody, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about, like, a, a flaw. As far as the characters are concerned. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and so now, um, and you came over just really positive about the movie. You thought that it, you understood why it's a film that people talk about and its influences. Yeah, I mean, not being, uh, like you said before, like, not, you know, not super into, like, a lot of horror movies over, you know, history of time here, but, yeah, and, and to, to get me to go to that uh, and, like, actually sort of see it as not just a horror movie, not just a, you know, a fright fest, it, like, and, you know, like, partake of, like, you know, the actual acting. This is a movie. You can... One of the things that I liked, I've grown to kind of like about Carpenter and, you know, digging into his research and some of his other films is that you can kind of see his decisions, mm-hmm. his, like, as a director happening as they go along, especially rewatching something, like, you know, like, watch the thing, you know, countless times here. And you can, you know, as you go through it, you can see, like, oh, I, that's why he did this and this mm-hmm. is why he did that. And that's, that's, that's how, like, that's, that's a good movie to me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's when there's thoughtfulness and, like, consideration put to the test in you know throughout the like the entire movie not just like you know like the main scene or the money shot these are you know these are the things that kind of draw me in when it comes to you know and he's he, he's he definitely does it now ed you also i again i was blown away that you had never seen it so uh, uh i said you do the voodoo that you do and find a copy and you did i don't believe any of this voodoo <laughs> bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> blair what do you think uh, so, so I, well, I would I come from magic and technology. I wanted <laughs> to say, same. so, uh, you're, you're sort of the Blair of this group here. You're the smart one. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. I think uh, it's the glasses. Oh yeah. So, I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm Asian ancestry. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, but, uh, you're like, go build us a robot. Having yeah. never, <laughs> having never seen the film before. And I tell you, you got to watch this and you watch it. You, you similar reaction um, to Matt, you you came away going like, "What?" You said to me, "How did I not? How did I let this one get away from me?" I, I think it's, it's like very, I'm a total asshole. Well, you know, I think. It's, <laughs> Why didn't somebody tell me my ass was this big? <laughs> That's a space ball. I think I think it's very very simple. It's like I'm not. I wasn't. I was never right. a car guy. You know, uh, what were the top horror movies at the time of you and I growing up? Yeah. All of us growing up were Poltergeist, yeah. The Exorcist, right? You know, and even then, Friday the Thirteenth. You know, yeah, you, you know yeah. it's funny because those movies I never really e. got to. Those are those are what mom. you call like. Um, Talk to me. Uh, uh, hey, huh, hey, why don't you come over? Let me put my arm around you while we watch uh. Friday the Thirteenth. You know, <laughs> okay. and if you get scared, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch. Come your on, boob. baby. Come right. on, baby. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a hole in the bottom of my popcorn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where where it just wasn't on your radar. No, and not even that. But like, well, again, we were little kids. We were little, I mean, and you but know, even then, like, I didn't get into that was before like the rating system almost, right? I mean, or at least like before PG thirteen. It was before PG. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But even then, it's like you know, uh, I really didn't. And get, in when I didn't get into and, cinema until but so it, and I was cinema. In, Cinema, that's right. Uh, you know, like around the Pulp Fiction, uh, yeah, I was exactly. I was already in college by then. College, high school, and you know? so it didn't even it wasn't on your radar then. Not on my radar then. You know, and you, you knew know John Carpenter, say, but you didn't bother to watch any of these films. Yeah, you know, I mean. So now, what do you I, now, now having known somewhat of the movie at least, known that it existed, mm-hmm. known what its subject matter was? When I said to you, "Hey Ed, you got to watch this movie," mm. like what was your initial reaction? Oh no, I'm down for it because okay. I mean I, I've. Because uh, I sold it pretty hard. I, I have, well, yeah, but even then, so what like, are you some kind of I have, pervert? A, I have a pretty open mind about about movies right, in, in, general. in general. So, especially now, um, and uh, upon watching it, I go, yeah. So, like, I read somewhere that it's it's kind of nihilistic, and like, I'm reading, I'm kind of, you know, as Matt was Matt was talking, I was sort of just going over <laughs> <Took> a nap. <laughs> I just sort of go, gone over the uh, uh, some of the crit the, the criticisms, and I'm like, I. Don't understand how did what, what movie your, did they watch? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the same time, I'm like, yeah, like I understand. It's, yeah, but that's those weird. criticisms were written back when hitchhiking was a thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, I think things are a little different now. Oh. Kid, but, you could get your head chopped off. No, but like, I mean, if, here, the, if the idea is okay, I want to go into the movies for something that's kind of uplifting, where the hero gets. He right. wins at the end. I'm like, well, clearly this is not something. It's come right. up. It's, almost, it's, a Carpenter. Throw, it's a throwback to the more nihilistic 70s films. Yeah, right. It, first thing that comes up, Easy well, Rider. Well, it's got a... Yeah. Easy yeah. Rider ends with that... It's ex- got a 70 with, with sensibility. That, with, that, like with that exploding motorcycle at the end. Right, yeah, right, right, right. And that's, that's your... That's, that's 70s your ending. Yeah. That's your ending, right? And people have problems with that. Yeah. So, um, but watching this, it's, it's clearly, it's a study in minimalism, you know, down to... The I know you you're like Ed. I want you and John to mm. when we after we wrap up the show to do a fight to the death. Sort of like a like a parody <laughs> version of the like, John Carpenter like start. I want to do, like, do a I wanted I, I wanted us to do a version of our theme song in that style, in the, in the style of the thing. <laughs> as for the intro and then the outro to do in the style of Star and <laughs> and basically already in my head I go okay we're just gonna hold one note the whole entire time. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. Don't, right, don't, don't. There, there's your minimalism, minimalism right there. You know, you have a, a working score that goes along, and you don't get out. I'm actually right? going to challenge that because having watched it last night, one of the things I did notice is that yeah, actually, everyone, yeah. everyone talks about that heartbeat mm-hmm. thing, but there are actually are a few orchestral moments ah. in the in the film. Um, that are very classic. Mm-hmm. That are very could you could have heard in some film from the 1960s, and especially when scenes switch. There's a lot of yeah. like this. Right. There's a lot of yeah. you know strings and everything. But um, otherwise, also for the film is like, how did you react to the drama and the effects? Well, of it, the 12, not 13 Angry Men, 12 Angry <laughs> 12 Men. 12 Angry right? Men. Yes, that's a baker's dozen. Uh, <laughs> which. Pretty much in a nut in, in a nutshell. If you were to sell someone, well, first of all, I think it's would, would be a pretty bad traffic? sell. No. But like the Twelve Angry Men uh, effect, where you have a bunch of guys, there's paran- paranoia. What was the first thing I said to you? Confined this, space. This is very yeah. Confined. This is very alien. Yes. Very mm-hmm. alien esque, right? You know right. where it's like everyone's on this. And then it got really the stuffy spaceship, mm-hmm. trying to figure out well what the hell. 
Keith David just yelling like, like what he does. Dead man, God damn it! I, 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 that's just uh, I just hear the president of the United States <laughs> just, and Rick and Morty <laughs> from Rick and Morty, right? Um, but uh, but it at the same time it has that very underdog tone to it. Kurt Russell. Um, these guys in a, these in a guys, hopeless situation. Well, these are all yeah. like troubled guys. Clearly, they've, they've like all elected to go on this. Like, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Well, they're troubled because of what's going on at the. But at but the no, Matt's got a point. It's like who signs up for that kind of British Columbia situ- situation? <laughs> you know what I mean? Endless <laughs> amount of time. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. But it, but the, the setting is. Well, they can get there by helicopter. The setting no is, problem. The, the setting isn't that much of an issue. I mean, if you're you know like it's a science exped- expedition, that's, uh, that's you the, know I mean. It, you look at guys, I think that you have the scientists there. You mm-hmm. have your Blair's, the copper. Clark. Um, you know, but then, yeah, you've got guys like Clark. Who was, apparently, he's, he's like, you know, I was like, why are most of these guys there? Technically, you know, there's a couple of right. scientists, but the rest of the guys are mechanics. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Pel- like, chopper pods. Apparently, Clark, the dog handler, was studying uh, the effect of, like, animals in, like, yeah, in, the cold, in, in, in the cold, cold weather. You know. But you get a sense of a guy like Clark... And you go. Yeah, like, that guy's running from something. That yeah. he's a he's a he would be in isolation on the mainland. That's right. a dude that lives in the middle of Wyoming. Yeah, somewhere. he's a hoarder. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and he's the hoarder <laughs> with with Clark. Right. But uh, you know, or or you look at you know uh, McCready, mm. who you know we get to know him, and he's off in his little place on the side. Yeah. And he's drinking like there's some no tomorrow. JB and some before course. the alien shows up, this guy's working well, for placement. He's 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 playing a uh, uh, really outdated chess chess yeah. programs. <laughs> chess which, king. by the way, chess king. If your chess chess king, if your if your chess game that you're playing has a keyboard attached to it oh. and is giving you some <laughs> giving you some shade. Yeah, the way to handle that is by pouring a drink on it. Sure, you know, like there's there's only there's only one of those. In the whole oh, thing. baby, you're losing it. Like he's talking, <laughs> to, you're talking to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and they don't grow on trees. That was like the yeah, that third, was probably their only chess game. Only, that only was chess the game. third most expensive piece of equipment, equipment at Outpost Thirty One. Yeah. Was that goddamn chess game? They, they were like, look, like, um. Let's let's go over the budget here. Like, flamethrower, yeah. flamethrower, 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 chess, chess king, chess like king helicopter. helicopter, Blair's computer, <laughs> Blair's like, computer exactly. that runs the simulation. Yeah, everyone's throwing stuff at like machines and I'll kill you. Know. you. <laughs> what? Calm down. But uh, so you, uh, I remember you said when you uh, reacting to the effects, you said I you said were Stan at home, Winston. and uh, but you said you were at home, and you said like your reaction was, "Ooh, what is that?" Yeah, because. Again, because of that really minimalistic tone, you don't see. Then right, suddenly, you don't see any action until like the 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 last um, third of the movie. You know, right? I mean, or not. I mean, not the dog even thing kind of kicks in. The dog thing is most is early. It's is early. Oh, where they're, they're shooting down the dog that whole thing. Well, not, like, not yeah, that, but, but I mean, when the dog trans does the drug transformation. Oh, okay, okay. That is early, and then yeah, but the big, but to be honest, the big blood, the the blood test. That's yeah. when it really kicks That's in. That's when, yeah, right. yeah you know, like, oh, yeah. oh, what's going on? And then yeah, Kurt pointing guns and saying, you know, "Are you going to take blood tests? Uh, dynamite and dynamite. oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, next to each other, they, <laughs> they come together, right? You can have. Yeah, those. he's uh, he's packing a lot of things. He has a gun. You know what I need with my dynamite? I think I need some flares. <laughs> can I hold them together? Is that okay? That we're keeping in you the storeroom. Are... Isn't it like you see behind him is also like be- like. Well, boxes he lights it like in the M- dark. And like, like, he's like when he's in the storeroom. He's but like, it's look. like also like boxes of like M and M's and chocolate <laughs> and like, 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 like everything they need. TNT. 
Right Let me there. see. Is there any gasoline around here? Just make this like t- kick this up a notch. And by the way, if you're if you're Where going the to Ziploc bags, Hopper, this uh, is what, yeah. right next to the if you're going right into the, this the, movie, the if you're going to this movie expecting lots of action, yeah, it's not aliens. It's not. It's not aliens. You okay, know. Exactly. On top of that, the only it, like, listen, you can only count like the the really super stunty action scenes on one hand, sure. and that's a Kurt let Kurt doing that flip at the end. <laughs> And I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> I have a feeling that that was not a part of Carpenter's, uh, um, you know, part of the script. Just make it more dynamic. It's like, a, well, what if I... Uh, have fun with it. <laughs> have fun with it. <laughs> Flip. So, somersaults. And, and when you finished it, you were, you you also understood, you was like, okay, the, I get why this film is Here's the thing. Lauding. This is one of those movies, and I don't do this a lot, you know, with, with oh, a wow. lot of movies, where you sit through the credits. The credits are rolling, and you're just sort of trying to process everything. That's what I was you're doing. You're not with sitting through movie. the credits waiting for a, you know an extra scene. Oh <laughs> no, but that's a part of it too. I'm like, McCready's still where's drinking my, some scotch. That's not. We're living problem. in today's age, right? It's like, where's, maybe where's, there where's was my, some sort of my post uh, my post early eighty's post credit scene. Post Where, credit scene. Whoa! <laughs> you're, saying, you're saying that, that, that you know that Samuel Jackson's at this at this movie, right? He's in this movie. He comes from out of the billing smoke and is like, you know. You, you think you're the only? You think this is the only alien in the world? Wait, Jeff Bridges from Tron's in here? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of weird. Who knows? Wilford, sure. Wilford Brimley playing like a proto uh, 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 Nick Fury. Well, he you was, think you're the only hero? Like, he was <laughs> the proto Nick Fury in Remo Williams: The Adventure oh, Begins. What we were talking about earlier. <laughs> well, this was a eighties uh, on the brain. A pre mustache. Yeah, that was one of the most striking things about this. Yeah, everyone pre, always goes pre mustache. Like Wilford Brimley. Brimley's in. This, I, was it? Yeah, he's, and this he's went. This this turned into the whole rabbit hole thing. That'd be for awesome us. if like you could tell he was the thing because he had a mustache at the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, Matt, I don't know I if you realize, Matt. What's that? We, you know, we went into this whole Wilfred Brimley rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah. And, and was like, so what him. does that show that he's on with the with Shannon Doherty and Our House? Yeah, Our I'm House, Our House, and uh, you watched the intro to Our House. You know, okay, in the intro to Our House. <laughs> Deidre Hall. Not only do not only do they have Patrick Dempsey was the dead son, apparently. <laughs> not the, only the dead do father. they not only do they have Wilford, you know, in pure pander <laughs> mode, he's riding a horse at oh, one yeah. point in the in the our house intro. Fuck yeah. He also skateboards. Oh wow. No stunt person. Wilford the, is skateboarding. We're not talking about dog. I'm just gonna give this a try. I'm yeah, gonna yeah, stumble yeah, on this. Yeah, no. Yeah. He he's, into it. he's like he's like maybe a little, maybe like okay, he's maybe an arm's kick. length away from Tony Hawk's. All right, yeah, so. he's doing he's doing kicks in the whole nine yards. It's uh, you know, <laughs> this is why when later on you had never seen uh, you had never seen Hard Target. Yeah, and you, I sent you, you a clip of Hard Target, and I just I'm like, and, what and I'm the like, hell? And you were like, don't say me this. I don't care. And I said, Wilford fires an arrow it's in a John Wu movie. In a John Woo movie. In a John Woo movie. He rides a horse with a bow and arrow away from an explosion. <laughs> And it's you know again it's ninety three John Woo it's no CGI let, let, it is they set something on fire next to Wilford he's, it's he, the right thing to do it's the and right I, thing I hate the that tasty way to do it I hate that I, I feel bad that we're derailing from from the whole discussion but I'm sorry Get it Wilford Brimley system. yeah Wilford Brimley playing a Cajun okay uh, and these thugs are just like they're they're no in his they're, at that they're in his uh, in his domain and he's trying to protect this girl it's like. You hang on to this. Uh, don't spill any of this. He hands her a, a, flask, yeah, a flask. And he goes, he goes, he goes, here, take a drink. Take a drink. Do not spill. Do not spill. It killed the grass. Draws <laughs> the arrow. 
draws the, so like the flaming remote, arrow, right? and he says he's he says something in in Cajun that's like he says something whatever you know like fires the arrow at Lance Hendrickson. By the way, yes, misses him on purpose. Knocks over like a lantern, sets everything on fire, which then in turn sets off explosives. Maybe he got them off of the. And he rides away. He he trots away. Exactly. One handed. (laughs) One handed on the horse with the bow on one hand. He's a legend. Wilford, he deserves, we, we Wilford, love you, buddy. We love you, man. We love you. So, but, uh, but uh, other than get, your, get away the from, word out, get the word out. Other than love of Wilford, though, you came away going, "I get this. I get why this movie is what it was." Um, you, you know, I I think, and that's why I hate uh, like uh, is this is a clearly a horror genre movie, but I go. No, I mean it's categorized as a sci-fi horror genre, mm-hmm. but even then, it's like you're. It's really reducing what what Carpenter is what Carpenter is really trying to accomplish here, right? You know, and he's telling a really good story in a compelling way, in a very compelling through genre. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I completely walked away. Now I feel like, gosh, what am I missing? What else am I mm. missing? You know, well, I'm happy. I'm I'm, I'm really happy that, that both you guys had that reaction. Mm. Um, because it's a film that I've always because that would have fucked up the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we, why we, I'm really curious why had, why you didn't watch it? Why I you? Just, it was one of like you know I I hate to say that it wasn't like we talked about like not really all being into horror and stuff, but it was it was it was an oversight and you know I, <laughs> I've now rectified that. It's not we've all we it's been rectified here except for one person. Oh, but we'll we'll get back to <laughs> further my opinions. In a few moments after, some words from friends. Ed, you know, uh, we were over your place the other day, and uh, you were having some work done down there in the basement, right? Yeah, so I've got a basement. I I know it's really unbelievable here in Brooklyn, but uh, I've got a basement, uh, and my wife has an office downstairs. But we had our bathroom basement done, and um, Anna Maria Stanimir Grumo, a friend of the podcast, who lives out in France, she consults and she says, hey, let me design your your basement bathroom. And that's exactly what she did. She did everything um, via email, via FaceTime. Did the renderings and everything, right? Renderings and everything, a completely beautiful. I took the renderings and uh, hired a contractor, and they are currently putting, the, as we're speaking, putting the finishing touches on my basement. And it looks fantastic. It looks great. Servicing clients domestic and international. A master's here to help you through your different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to masterdesign.com. That is a master spelled A-M-A-S-T-A design. And those were words from friends. Now, I would like to talk about my view of this film, uh, which is quite, which is informed differently from you guys. Because, uh, you know, uh, you you said, "Oh, well, you're we better. Go. We're worse. We yeah. get it." No, I mean, of course. I mean, that's a given. But um, you said, you know, well, we were kids, and this was a film that you know wasn't appropriate for kids of a certain age. You know, that's why you know. You I think, yeah, it was like the more of an access to yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Here's the thing: my mother and father were batshit crazy. Oh, wow. they let me watch anything, almost anything, as a kid. Well, same year. Um, so it was like I USA saw, up all night. Really? Yeah, 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 sure. Um, let me go this way. This was one of those films that was, you know, the, I didn't go see it in the theater, but I saw it as soon as it was available on home video. Yeah. As soon as. And um, 
I don't know why, as compared to the other horror films of that we've already discussed, um, of the period, why this film resonated with me. Because I wasn't a guy who liked horror, Halloween. I don't like being scared as a kid. There wasn't this sort of, oh, is it creepy, kooky? No. I, as I always say, Catholic school... You know, there you go. Say no more. They, boom. Right. You know, things like the exorcist or the omen. No, fuck that. The devil is real. <laughs> you don't, you know, and then the Hispanic thing on top of it. Forget it. Here's the whole. El Diablo. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma. On paranoia. Yeah. Thank you. On all that kind of stuff. There's also, you know, you can't Grandma say getting certain on your... words or do certain things. Yeah. Don't even say that. Yeah, exactly. You know, I... No, no, listen, no, your, I your grandmother, I, like, I listen, no. we all love grandma. Like, mm. Everyone, you know, yeah. we're, like, Including mine. Do I? And, uh, <laughs> so, give, her, give her a shout out. Man. I can she only imagine. Grandma, I love you. <laughs> Is that Matt? Is that Matt? I'll be over for some corn break and coffee right after hey, this. Buddy, you, you've been getting her cards, right? Do you get her cards? Because I get her cards. Do right I get her? No, I don't. Oh, Thanks okay. for fucking bringing that up. <laughs> Grandma. Oh, you got called out, Grandma. No, no more cards, okay? Cut, okay. The, cut yeah, the cards out. Cut the cards out. <laughs> you know, not, uh, you know, I at least show up once in a while. You know? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, uh <laughs> grandma, yeah, absolutely. Grandma actually is part of this of not watching these kind of movies, and but for whatever reason, while absolutely the special effects and the gross out stuff as a little kid was scary as f. I don't know. Maybe it's the science fiction. It's the alien aspect. It's the of pocket it. of time, though. Again, we've talked about the hitchhiker scenario and all that. It's just like I don't think people were ready right, for yeah. that. That particular that, swig that, that, of... The way that yeah. was, right. Like, what I'm saying is that it never... I would watch, say, you know, a Friday the 13th, you know, with my brother or your sister or something, and that's it. I saw, like... My sister. A little a little, little bits of it, like, once, and I never went back to it. Yeah, it's like... like I was never gonna... Taste. I was never, And yet, for whatever reason, the thing stood with me. The thing resonated. It was a film that, if it was on HBO, I would watch it, even though I knew it was... It scared me and grossed me out. Yeah. And then uh, as the years went by, especially by the time I was a teenager, and... Was it one of those HBO movies that just always happened to be on? Like, when you turn on HBO, it's like, oh... It definitely was one of those. It definitely like, was one you, of those. you and Martin talked about, like, you know, that being how you got really, you know... Yeah, Star Wars. access yeah, to like, Star Wars. <laughs> it's like, you know, all right. Every other night, it's like... Yeah. It's like Star Wars on Tuesday. Yeah. Wednesday's the thing. And without a doubt, that's also what probably built the cult around it, was syndication and cable. Uh, yeah, and well, access to it. And access to it, right, yeah. exactly. And But for whatever reason, it always resonated with me. And the older I got, the more the other aspects that, you know, we've already talked about, the ensemble cast and Carpenter's... Right, the filmmaking aspects of, of it. you know, yeah. s- starts coming much more to the foreground. Not taking anything away from the special effects. But you start going like, yes, this is why this film works. This is why this film, you know, still has, uh, you know, pleasures to Some yield and, and, and depth to it. You know, you know how many decades after still, you know, it going on, and it was a film I always returned to. It's one of those movies that everyone has in their life to a certain degree, one or another, where it's like you said, you're flipping channels on a Saturday. I had a bad day. Let's put the thing on. That'll <laughs> cheer me up. Huh. You tell him, child. <laughs> you tell him, child. <laughs> Get that axe out. <laughs> uh, well, it's like lock Wilford up. 
Lock him up. It just feels like home to me. Yeah. Well, it's, like big hug. it's one of those films like a, a you know local channel like WPIX Channel Eleven. Like if I'm if I'm flipping channels back in the day, New York. They've movie. never showed it on W. Yes. Really? Yes. yes. It was one of those. Why were they edited? They had to be edited though. Uh, right. There were a bunch of there were uh, there was a highly edited version that was put on ABC. Yeah. That right. That they I, edited that a I lot and then had extended takes and other alternate cuts. Uh, but and, then it went. No one cares about the, that. By the time the '90s came around, mm. though, it, you would see it un, mostly unedited, even on broadcast and especially on cable. And if I'm, you know, if mom and dad are like, "All right, hey, we're going out uh, to do whatever errands. You got to, you know, it's time to clean up the living room and clean up the house." And you know, I'm I'm flipping channels. Something just have in the background. All right. Sure. Thing is there. No, shit's getting put on hold. <laughs> the house is not getting clean. Miguel is sitting down. Little did they know. Yeah, exactly. You know, if I if I see that... If You're I having, see like, it, a risky business moment? Yeah, or, seriously. Yeah, just... <laughs> like, dancing with a, a fucking mop or something. Like, with a uh, flamethrower? Yeah, with a flamethrower. You, you got his thing on. If I... If I yeah, I got my thing on. If I see... A, I have Wolfram Brimley in my head doing the, the slide in the socks and <laughs> the shirt now. You know... <laughs> Uh, but if I, you know, if I, I, I'm flipping channels and I see, you know, a, 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 a single, like, you know, husky slash wolf dog, like running through the, <laughs> wait a second, is snow? that the thing? Let me go back. Exactly. <laughs> what channel was that on? This is a nature documentary or is this a thing? No, Maybe. it's Lauren Green and he's selling yeah, exactly, alcohol. Exactly, you know? exactly. Oh, fuck. It's Why are they shooting that fucking dog? Let me go back and see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it's, if it's that, it's disappointment. If it's like, okay, this is something about Alaskan wolves or some shit. But it's like, if you hear, don't, don't, sure. it's like, okay, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. And it, every, it, it's a film that I think runs on all cylinders. Yeah, because like you guys mentioned, it has this gross out stuff. It's got the sci-fi elements to it. But then there are those long stretches where there isn't. It's just about tension. It's just about drama. It's just about character interaction. And everything in that, in that aspect, it sells the hell out of it. Especially J&B Scotch. <laughs> That's one thing it certainly was selling. <laughs> Which is delicious. J&B Scotch, please sponsor the podcast. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. Nick Nolte was uh, considered to play as lead. Right. Uh, there were, yeah, there was a ton And Bridges, I think, actually had a sniff at it for a hot yeah. second, but they both turned it down. But man. They you dodged just... a bullet and not that. Yeah, everything you all know. Yeah, how would you have, me. like, Nolte and Wolfrey Brimley together? Even young fucking Nolte would have been weird. And they would have, without special effects, they would have simply molded into Yeah, that's one, too much crust. To one, one super creature of yeah. some kind. Would, would, yeah. They had to keep them on different continents. That was what, you know, we had to, like, no, Wilfred, we're taking it's you like, to this. like, wait a minute, Nick Nolte... Eddie Murphy cast as the uh, the, the the Keith David. <laughs> oh, man, man, I don't know. I don't understand about this little bullshit. <laughs> well, that's what I was telling you. Like one of the, the Keith David was also uh, like you know, not exactly a second choice, but Roger Mosley, who played the uh, TC on uh, Magnum PI. Yeah, the black guy Ed. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like he actually was cast. Ed really was searching the memory beds. Mosley, like, who is Do he I know talking Mosley? about? Let me call Grandma. And you had already said the words Magnum PI. He was still yeah. searching. Oh, I was like the black guy. And... <laughs> the, okay, all right. but yeah, he was uh, he was cast as child, <laughs> and then he had a, he dropped out, and they uh, that's how uh, you know that's how we got uh, Keith David in line. But Keith David now is he has this next next Netflix uh, Cantalk special. It's called like. Uh, 
ghetto horror booty or something. <laughs> really? Yeah, I hope so. yeah, yeah. David's awesome, man. I don't like, know if I can trust you. Jeff. Also, like no, a, an, no, no. A, a great, car- a great uh, voiceover actor. Mm-hmm. Like uh, what's the, um, Gargoyles is one yeah, of my favorite. Gargoyles, you know? yes, of course, yeah. But like tons and tons. Tons. And tons. tons. Let's not get into Gargoyles because we're voice, on a, the voice of the voice Jonathan of Jonathan uh, Frakes. We're not going to get into that right now. We can't get into no, no, no. We're talking about Frakes on the. You guys and Frakes, man. You guys love some Frakes. We do love some Frakes, and we'll we'll show you why later on. That's on another episode. That's on another episode. Do you have a full back tattoo? Too, like, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. I would get one. <laughs> beardless and non-beardless. I'd, oh, you know, wow. It's uh, like depending on you, just like pull the skin. Like, oh yeah, skin. no. If I if I you pull the skin flaps if together, I, if I push my uh, my my shoulder blades, it's like together, a Mad Magazine, yeah, exactly. Back cover it's a yeah, it's magazine. That kind of deal. Uh, but um, but Walken was also considered. Yeah, Walken. Yeah, it was it, this, which shows you like what he thought he was making. That's why the reviews are so you know bamboozling to me because it's like. No, this this cast, this group, this was not schlock. This was not bottom of the barrel. Nothing about this film is is necessarily pandering. It's like even you know some well thought out weirdos. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like we did, like when you know we do it. Who are given their all? Like none. Of, there is no weak guy. <laughs> well, I was watching the uh, some like the uh, commentary like track, with, mm-hmm. and it's basically like they numerous jokes about them like trying to outact each other mm-hmm. you know what i mean like they basically were all just like oh hamming it up and carpenter had at some point i was like you know yeah i gotta reel this in. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you can't all be the star yeah, it's not streetcar named desire okay right, exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh so um now now john let me ask you a question uh having not seen the movie yes sir <laughs> um, what do you think about what we're saying? Like, you are aware of what the film is and is about, right? I just see a couple of guys with privilege <laughs> talking about uh, no uh, all their privilege. Mississippi Jim <laughs> would sure give this been. film his stamp of approval, and do you want to know why, John? It's got two black dudes. Not just because the two. Mm-hmm. It's a horror movie. Two black dudes that don't technically die at the end. Yeah, yeah. That that essentially they're not first to die. You you mean to tell me? They're black people in this film, 1984. They weren't first to die. They were not. They were not first to die. It's blowing your mind, right? Mississippi Mississippi Jim lacks this John Carpenter. (laughs) He lacks this John Carpenter. I'm going to tell you one thing. But uh, having having never uh, seen the movie, um, you are aware of what it's about. More or less, right? Um, now I am. Are you getting an idea? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the gestalt. Have you it, ever yeah. had had you ever heard of the it before? <laughs> I love this fucking guy's right. words. Uh, I'd never heard of it before. You really had never. But this is when I said, "Hey, watch this film," and you didn't get around to doing it. You <laughs> you, you had not heard of the of the thing. Okay, so I had no, I had no idea for John and for other people's. Uh, my age the, or younger, who are probably never the, have. I mean, it's ever. not exactly you know. Pardon the you know the pun. It's not exactly everybody's thing, but nah. you know you could get a like. I mean, I don't like. I said I don't really. I didn't really follow Carpenter that much either. In general, all I really knew is some of the, the flashpoints, like you know Halloween and the numerous other mm. fucking sequels of Halloween that went around. You know, but. Yeah, John is an asshole. That, I, think, <laughs> I think we've established well, that. I, I which, mean, well, which John? Yes. Which John? <laughs> oh, just well, go with all Johns. All Johns are assholes. All dogs go to heaven. All Johns are assholes. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, you know, the movie is essentially about uh, a outpost in Antarctica. and uh, That's where it's cold. Yeah, you know, where it's sort of the beginning of winter. 
and first goddamn day of winter, winter exactly. <laughs> and these twelve men are, you know, uh, they get invaded by essentially this dog comes out of nowhere, <laughs> is being chased by uh, other. Or the wolf? Can you do a wolf? <laughs> Right. And uh, oh, the sound effects as is and never effects, do that again. But very and, good. and and the uh, and their camp basically gets invaded uh, because uh, this dog is getting chased by these Nor- these Norwegians who are part of another camp somewhere in America, and they don't know what they're saying because they're Norwegian, and they end up the they're trying to kill this dog. They're shooting at the dog sniper style. All right, <laughs> they end up killing uh, uh, the Norwegians, or at least the last Norwegian because his, his helicopter blows up, and then it's a... Well, they, it's a they, of... they end up killing him because, like, they, because he shoots one of them. He shoots one of them in the leg. Well, the idea is is you have a shape-shifting alien, alien that takes the form of whatever it wants. Exactly. You and know? Prototype T-1000. Not whatever it wants, whatever it comes in contact Whatever it comes with. in contact That's with, true. right? And sort of absorbs them, takes them over, whatever it may be. And then essentially what happens is it's, it becomes a tale of paranoia because it's not a question. This is one of the uh, where it's definitely would have been made without Alien. Here's the difference. In well, it was Alien, probably in it was probably in production or mm-hmm. even at least the script. Well, you know, uh, I mean, the script, this, you know, the book. I'm sure they I'm so. sure they wonder, but I think that something like an Alien becoming a hit then gives you puts yeah. a fire under executive. It gave some emphasis to you know, what they're going to. And do. so the difference between Alien and the thing is simply this. In Alien, it's all about strength and numbers. Don't go around that corner alone. Mm. It, it, the creature might grab you. Here, it's every man for himself. Here, it's you don't want to be with your buddies because you don't know if, they are the creature, or maybe exactly. And it builds and builds that sort of you know it's that sort of thing. Um, man is the warmest place to man hide. is the warmest place to hide. <laughs> I would I, I would just, I would like just to ask a couple of questions uh, to some of you guys about the, the nature of the film. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, do you think that this is kind of a story is a is a story of uh, civilization in a teacup? Um, even though there's no female civilization, influence. then especially yes. Okay. Well, mean, what we, do you what do you mean? That, in other words, uh, kind of sort of similar to say like the the Lost, mm-hmm. the TV series, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of similar to that, where it's like you end up with it's all of the problems civilization has on a but on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. And um, not even a smaller scale, like divined into concentrated more. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Would you would you say it's that kind of it's that kind of film or not? Because I could see it go by I either do. way. Well, I think one of the main uh, you know issues that it's not. I don't think it's exactly you saying this is what we're talking about, but the AIDS epidemic, the AIDS scare at mm-hmm. that time, at the maybe not at the height, but like at, at that's when we, we knew nothing about it. It's just a virus. People are getting sick, our friends, our family, and that's, and it was, like, affecting your body, like, that's how, you know, I think a lot of people didn't know what the thing is, like, how do I get it? Like, who has it? Like, are mm-hmm. you infected? Are you infected? I think a lot of that is kind of being put in mm-hmm. through, like, the the allegory here. Like, Well, the, you put it, if you put it that, that way, I'm like, yeah, it's, it is a very, uh, and it's true form, a study on on uh on human character panic you know and panic. panic and when things break and down when things break down and mm-hmm. like what's going to happen like i'm going to grab this it, it saw is is yeah we we joke around about saw a lot right you know it's like got a knife in the middle of the room and uh if if there isn't one person surviving then we're all gonna die that sort of thing i always say you saw one you saw them all <laughs> always say it, huh? Always. always. So, like, like now, but, but like, yeah, I mean, one, civilization in a teacup. 
Uh, and we bring we brought up you know the the whole Twelve Angry Men. If you haven't seen that movie, by the go watch yeah. it. Yeah. Go watch older, it. Older it is film, but an older film, watch. black and white. Uh, a great study on. Honestly, there are issues that are in that movie that absolutely are completely and totally mm-hmm. of today. Yeah, universal. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and no less than this film. This is in, in in the same way. Um, what do you, if you think about, what do you guys think that the ultimate theme of the film is? So, you know, uh, Matt, what do you think the ultimate? Well, we theme? we said you know, first it's isolation. Then it, you know, th- and we talked about it, the, you know, the being the like there being like a panic involved in you know, how that works out for the rest of the cast. But, um, I don't know. I think ultimately it's trust. It's like, you, like okay. these characters are, you know, they're forced together. They, you know, I don't want to say, I mean, we already talked about uh, Bennings being an asshole, but that's <laughs> <laughs> your, your take. Your I take. think Bennings <laughs> is the asshole of the group. I don't know. <laughs> Max said, get the, Max said, get the flamethrower. It's like flamethrower. Just do it. <laughs> Like, fuck you, Bennings. Okay. <laughs> Matt, I think Matt just has the He's idea. He's racist. Like, I, don't wanna be, I don't want to be woken up at like three o'clock in the morning by someone asking for a flamethrower and expecting it to be done like that. Give me a couple. I, I don't want that some, regardless of the, I want, whatever. I want just do coffee. it. To I got to you know, I'm not going to go with him. You know, it's, but it's like, you know, like I said, uh, there's also mutually assured destruction at, like, mm-hmm. at some point. Um, you know, like we talked about the AIDS epidemic. I also think that there's you know, so like some of the, and some, through the stylistic, stylistically, there's also some sort of like H.P. Lovecraft sort of yes. co- like cosmic elements to it, especially with the alien from like another, you know, coming out with a saucer and we find it. And, you know, I mean, in that in that regard, it's like an ancient being mm-hmm. that exists that don't give a fuck about humanity. They're just they're, and it's not even like this thing is evil. It just needs to survive. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's. Yeah. It, there's, I think. That I mean, there it's really is, fucked up. <laughs> there is a there is an argument that you might make that there's some malevolence, but I think that it, we just don't matter in its equation. Yeah, it got our it cares was, and wonder. It, it was someplace so- else. It got to Earth. It slept for a while. It got woken up. Uh, it's a time, virus. It's time exactly for breakfast. What it is, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. just doing it's just doing what it is. And again, the whole idea of uh, the Lovecraft aspect is. Um, the idea of those old gods, I mean, you see a lot of artwork and stuff for H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft these days, but in a lot of ways, what he's saying is they are beyond any physicality. They are, they have a, a form that is beyond our, our thoughts. Or comprehension. Yeah. You know, comprehension beyond our sanity. And here is what Carpenter does in this movie, mm-hmm. where he says, I'm never going to give you a look at the alien. Right. You know, uh, which is one of the brilliant things, because he plays on like multiple sort of phobias, you know, in what, so you never get used to one thing. It's not like alien where you can finally get, it's a bug creature. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a human sized bug creature. Yeah. Eh, I'm good. I'm good. If we I can have, make an action figure out of that. Exactly. Yeah. There's no making an action figure out of the thing, even though there have been yeah. various. Todd Mc, I think Todd McFarlane eventually did. You know yeah. what I mean? There is this sort of thing where it is. So we talk about his exactingness, but he employs that exactingness in his filmmaking to use a lot of vagueness. There's a lot of vagueness in this film. Imagination too. And I think that's yeah. where Rob Botton came in. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he kind of let Rob Bo- Botin. I'm, yeah. I'm going to mess it up every time, but um, he let him kind of just like, all right, let's see what you got kid. And uh, well, look, I mean, that's really like, fucked up stuff. as soon as you, you see the monster, mm-hmm. uh, everything, you, the paranoia is like, you know, I mean, for me just watching it, I'm like, well, what's going on here? I see the monster. I'm like, 
oh, that's the monster. But you don't really, I mean, because we're not characters in the movie. Right, exactly. It's not you don't you. see how deadly this monster is. But on the surf, it's like it's it's oh it's goop. I love it's stuff they sell at Korean uh, supermarkets. You know I love that one. That's scene. what it is. Oh. You know, that, that scene. We're happy you're Asian right now. Ed. I know, We're happy you're Asian. <laughs> I love the scene. The, the one uh, one of the first autopsy scenes after like I think it's when they have the dog creature and they have it up on the table and uh, you know Wilfred's like you know, he's peeling <laughs> yeah. back the folds of whatever. I guess I hope it's skin, but he's peeling it back and he's like oh oh. <laughs> Oh, oh wait! Oh. Where's my my pencil with a pencil topper on it? I get real. <laughs> Which, uh. by the way, you brought up. And then he puts the pencil back in his mouth. Yeah, he's got. Like, at, let's at, not dog. That's yeah, yeah, imitation. Yeah, yeah, John. At Perfect one point imitation. in the movie, they have like this giant, like the the creature spread out on a table, and like Wilford, he's like, "I want an autopsy on this. Let's get it done right away." They go and they're doing the autopsy. Now, I mean, I don't expect them to be like this. Was not they weren't scientists expecting this to happen. So you know, man, the equipment's going to be on the on the chest. Yeah, there's side. like biologists, meteorologists. Right, I think Bennings was a meteorologist. Right. Yeah, he was a weather guy. But like the gloves that Wilford uses is like they barely come up to his wrist. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he finally figures out the like, oh, this is a creature that can imitate, and the smallest cells, he has this pencil, right? And it's got the one of these giant like extra, you know, when you put the eraser like large sky. Yeah, you got and it. You got it with your trapper keeper. Yeah. He keeps tapping the corpse of this thing, right? <laughs> and then is like, so what we got here, and then slowly brings it like right under his lip. And that's what that's the one part of the movie where I go He's like Dinty Moore. Yeah. <laughs> These guys were asking for it. <laughs> they deserve everything that happened to them after this point. Well, the oatmeal, the oatmeal like yeah, he really... was hoping it would fortify him, I guess. <laughs> that doesn't taste like oatmeal. <laughs> um so uh, what you now so you would say <clears throat> um uh, you said the the the, the um, trust trust, hmm? and for you, what do you think is the, the 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 one of the big things in the film? The theme. Uh, gosh, um, uh, human nature. The mm-hmm. the the the, the uh, fight or flight. You know, yeah, that breakdown sort of, of systems. Breakdown of systems. What it does to us. I mean, paranoia. I mean, that's clearly it's you know a lot of paranoia. Uh, I mean, but, Mc, McReady also uh, like it is like he has that one spot in the middle of it after a bunch of the shit went down. He literally says, like, nobody can trust anybody mm-hmm. anymore. When yeah. he's like, you know. Mm-hmm. We're just... Like, and then another, you know, some scotch. And some scotch. <laughs> but, then, I mean, it's, but, I mean, on the surface, the takeaway would be, like, you know, what was the best scene of the movie? Well, clearly, the blood scene. The, yeah, the, the blood, blood test, test yeah. The blood test scene, you know. I mean, that's, highlight, yeah. that's the one where your adrenaline really kicks in. And I'm like, whoa. Who's who? Yeah, that's who? like What's no what? coming back yeah. from that. What does he... Of... I forget. What does Moffat say? You know, he's tying down. <laughs> well, Would somebody just... kindly get me to untie from this fucking chair? Right. Like, well, no, beautifully, <laughs> because Gary, as the the original commander of this base, mm-hmm. has basically been disrespected all along. And then he kind give, of... Gives up his gun. Falls yeah. apart a little bit. I, I always say... I wanted to get this out about Gary, especially... I think that he is a character is good to contrast with McCready because I think he's a like a anomaly, some sort of by the book military guy. Mm-hmm. We saw that he was willing to take action immediately. He I think could, he's supposed to be like an army captain. Yeah, or and you know when the Norwegian comes in, he doesn't hesitate. He shoots that mother effer in the face mm-hmm. and doesn't seem to have any qualms about it. These are his men under his protection. He's got to do it under circumstances like that. He would be perfectly fine as the leader. But, but the facto, clearly, the de facto well, leader of this group, well, the what, alpha male of this group. Well, well, what happens is, is I think, is this is a situation as a person of his generation mm. can't even wrap his head around. 
He cannot... McCready, on the other hand, maybe it's the difference between a World War II, a Korean vet, and a mm. Vietnam vet. Mm. Maybe it's the cultural Seen some action. Something where he... Okay, this is what we're going to do. This you is, go take this, take the flamethrowers over there. He's you. not overwhelmed <clears throat> by this completely batshit crazy situation. And he's the one most equipped because that's the foreshadowing, I think, with the Chess King thing. Mm. It's McCready knows how to play a game of logic, like chess. But there's a human element in which, if it goes the wrong way, in his makeup, he has something that says, I will flip the board. We need someone more even-tempered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he will, he will, you know, he throws the scotch into the chess king computer. He's willing to blow everything up. Mm. If that's what it takes... Cheating, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> if that is what it takes to stop the situation, right. his mind will go there. Yeah. His mind will go there. I don't think Gary's a guy who was equipped for well, that. He's probably, I mean, Gary's probably, obviously, somebody that's more, like, like dug in with protocol. Yeah, that's In other words, in other words, Gary would not, you, he would not have the, the TNT solution strapped to your chest. You know, yeah, I don't, like, exactly. With the flares, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. And the, you know, like, he would have thought twice about yeah, that. Yeah, that would never happen. Now, um, I think that the, the, one of the themes of this film, because it's called a uh, part of Carpenter's uh, unofficial uh, apocalypse trilogy, right? Which includes right. Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness. Right. The only themes really kind of overlapping is like, you know, sort of the end of almost the, the end of the world yeah. of some kind. Now, um, and this will go through to an un uh, an unused section of the film, something that was filmed, but was only shown in like those ABC broadcasts mm. of it when they had to stretch out time or fill in for the gore that they cut out. And I think that the theme of the film, actually, um, yes, paranoia is there and all that trust. I think it's doom. Uh, I think that this is a, a this is a this is a question of John. Yeah. Um, hearing something, John. Yeah, we're hearing our theme music, John. <laughs> yeah, it's in the headphones. Is that is that okay? Okay, now we're going to need another point here. <laughs> but um, I think that the I think that the the theme of the film is doom. In this sense, that from the moment that the Norwegians dug up the creature, this was the doom of the world. Yeah, it's a Pandora's box. You can right you know. and. It's so interesting when Mac and Copper go to the Norwegian camp and you see everything gets blown to pieces. Your axes indoors. Guys have killed themselves. Our American heroes in this are doomed to repeat every single thing the Norwegians did. In some way, there is a mirrored with the guy slits his throat, Fuchs sets himself on fire. We've got the axe in the middle of that door. We've got, you know, uh, childs, you know, going, going, uh, you know, wood, uh, you know, wood chopping when McCready breaks back in the blowing up of the camp. This is doom. This is a, almost like a judgment from God that is inescapable and that these guys are not going to change. Maybe not even the fate of the world, because you think about Carpenter had apparently had this thing where um, there's stuff that's cut time budget. Some of it was uh, Carpenter's aesthetics. There's a whole section with uh, stop motion. And, right, especially at the end. Right? Yeah, and apparently there was supposed to be a stop motion section where, when you see in the film the dog head come out of the the creature, 
he's supposed to completely eject. There's sort of this sense that the thing, the creature at that moment knows, Jig is up, kind of has figured out what these guys are going to do. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's, it's something comedic about the scene where it's hiding. It's like, beep, beep, beep. like they're talking and like if, like in front of the corner of the eye, you know, he's, it's like under the table. It's like, I hope they don't see me. Yeah, the dog, yeah. right, yeah. I hope they don't so see. later on, like this. You're talking about like, the, the one where the head cut, turns into a crab. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. During copper. Hey, right, yeah, exactly. So the, the, it's going to make another escape. It thinks I'm done here. Mm. It may have gleaned where another camp is possibly during its various transformations and takeovers. And there's supposed to be a scene after Childs and McCready give their whole nihilistic, well, I guess we should just wait here a while, mm. where we're supposed to see that dog looking back at the camp in the daylight and going on its way and the music starting up again. And it was cut for various reasons, but I think that you can see there's a sense that the doom that the thing is bringing to the world is inevitable. That that dog is going to be on its way to another camp. Mm. So you're saying it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. That is going that that the next the next contact is going to be the same. And uh, this maybe goes to that civilization and the teacup thing. Everything that happens in that in the American camp that we see. You could see that playing out on a larger scale when you think of Blair and his simulations. The same mistrust is going to happen in society. The same level of, you know... Well, that's, yeah, right. Like, especially if it, you know, if by chance the dog or, you know, the thing ever gets to the mainland mm-hmm. to, like, a larger population, which they, what do they preface? Like, th- I guess not, uh, Blair figures out it would take, like, you know... Like three years, approximately right, twenty-seven thousand hours or something, right? To like take over the fucking world, and yeah, then... I suppose we're kind of seeing this with, you know, uh, we're you know, like uh, Walking Dead, or sure, you know, an epidemic. It, it would be something, World yes, War it would Z, be something, something like along that, right? those lines, and it doesn't matter, you know. McCready and Childs have a, a sort of a a a, a, a pirate victory here. Mm. That uh, yeah, it's all it's all good that the you know we showed to the end that the human beings are fighting you know uh, up until death, but this thing, sure. no, it's doom. It's doom mm. for everyone and everything that it has come in contact with and will come in contact yeah. with. But did that cycle start with the thing? You know, again, it's been there for like the hundred thousand years. They think they figured out, or at least the ice was. Mm-hmm. Like, does that start with? the thing coming to earth or was it just always earth? And the thing is just a device that like, you know, through which, you know, this, well, I mean, it's certainly the, certainly the creature, not just because of its um, physical abilities, but what it brings out in people. Right. That's, I guess what that's what what I mean. That there's an inherent issue. That's if it wasn't going to be this thing, maybe it was going to be something else. Literally another thing, you know, literally, like I said, literally another thing. Uh, I think that's the, I think it's, it's, it's about, it, it, yeah, paranoia and mistrust, absolutely, all those things. So we're talking it. about human nature, then. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big part. Well, of we it. see the, uh, we see now, John. Just to let you know, there, there's a scene where um, it takes over Wil- Wilford Brimley's form, and he's, uh, you know, that yeah, don't ruin it for him. Well, uh, no, no, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler. That was a joke. It's been out since '84. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, they, well, they, they, at one point too. they decide to lock up Wilford Brimley, you know. And later on, it's like, where is he? Oh, he 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 made he dug a hole. <laughs> they follow this. They follow the hole all the way to this other chamber. Other, and, and it's like, oh, it's building a spaceship. It's a mini spaceship. To, yeah. A mini spaceship. It's basically ET. 
gone awry. He's like, I need to get, I'm getting away from here. Look, look. Yeah, that's a weird scene, though. Like, that doesn't, <laughs> it's a weird, it, it definitely takes, that's where that you get, there's some, some suspension of disbelief. You've gotten this far now, all right. <laughs> I can believe me, fuck a spaceship. If I can believe all the rest. If I can believe dynamite and flamethrowers and shit. Actually, to end out on the thing here, I would like to say, what, uh, you know, what are some, what are some moments from the film that you find unintentionally funny or you don't buy or you just think, what the hell's going on with this thing? So, Ed, what I already said it. It's, it's, uh, um, it's Kurt doing that that somersault flip. Not even somersault. It's basically a roll. Okay. You know, right. and then because nothing else. Nothing that's really. the most Hollywood thing about this movie. <laughs> is is I'm going to the heroic to, thing, the yeah. heroic roll, and then toss the 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 with the, the catchphrase. The yeah, fuck you too. Thank you. <laughs> with the catchphrase, which was. A- actually ad-libbed by 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 Russell. Yeah, of course. Well, it sounds like it, yeah. You of know, course, you know. You know uh, and that was that's your his, his chess his 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 cheating bitch thing to the chess king mm. that was ad-libbed as well was Or that part where at the beginning of the chess thing where he's like, "Oh, poor baby." Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're losing it. You're losing it. Uh, w- uh what anything like funny unintentionally or what was that all about? You know, kind yeah, of Yeah, well, aspect. we mentioned the blood test being sort of like the uh, you know, the high point, but the part of the blood test where, uh, <laughs> where the like the where Palmer finally transforms into right, the thing yes. <laughs> and then eats windows, <laughs> then they fucking torture him, and then twenty seconds later when they continue with the blood test. <laughs> The place isn't burnt down. Right, yeah. right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, um, there's multiple. That's like, very layered. They were pretty quick on it's the a very draw. layered, they, fucked up scene. They were, they were, they were pretty quick on the draw with the, uh, with the, uh, the fire extinguishers and. Well, yeah, isn't that? Point. Yeah, that's Palmer runs through a wall on yes. fire, <laughs> and then they throw dynamite <laughs> at his <laughs> body. Yeah, like it's a surprise that enough that we're not, we're still but alive then, again. Then come back and test Gary. Woo, all right, yes. well that's uh, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, that was one of those commercial breaks that you're. Yeah, so probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anything, anything else? So yeah, that's uh, one of the weirdest things. Um, I mean, you know, again, some, there's a suspension of disbelief. Yeah, but once to. it gets rolling, you're like, all right, fuck it, you know. <laughs> um, I feel, I mean, you do realize, like, there is some shit, at, like, especially even with like the ending bit, where you know, like, again, there's a lot, there's not a lot of resolution. There, I mean, at that spot, like, yeah, we gotta, like, we're just gonna blow the whole fuck, just blow the whole camp down. Dynamite in that room, dynamite in that room. You get a car, and you get a car. It's like Oprah, except with dynamite. If you look under your, if you look under your chair, there's a flamethrower under there. It's already lit. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I mean, those. But again, with no contingency plan, because it's like you know. Well, I mean, I do. One of the things I think that like people were like, you know calling this a downer for it was just like they they do get to the nihilism real quick like to the point where it's like fuck we're never getting rid of this thing (laughs) we're just gonna have to murder everything (laughs) like us included and yeah so and they uh, and they do you know uh, was it Nalls and Gary once they get onto that suicide mission like they are down they're in yeah they're They're just like well I guess you know Nalls has a look but it's, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say, way, now hold on a minute. Down to the two black guys. Yeah. For you, Jonathan. Exactly. Okay. There you go, Mississippi Jim. <laughs> uh, for myself... The generator's gone. What can, do you mean? Can, can you fix it? It's gone, McCready. <laughs> it's gone. What the fuck are you talking about? Mac, I'm not a prisoner. <laughs> not a prisoner. Um, I think for me, I I know, like you said, suspension of disbelief. It's, you know, it's a movie. It's, what are you going to do? 
Well, it's not even that it's a movie. It's like you've gotten you've gotten this far. You've yeah. climbed the hill. <laughs> you, you can't like you can't, well, I'm not turning back. At I'm this not point. at the top of the hill. I got to go back yeah, down but, the hill. But for me, that one of the things that says okay, this is a movie is okay. Like you said, Childs gets woken up. You know, Mac hits the fire alarm to get everybody. You know, into in, in, down into the dog pen. I wish we had that fire alarm sound right now. <laughs> we'll add that in post. <laughs> All right. And so, you know, then Bennings goes to, goes to Childs. Child, Mac wants a flamethrower. Mac wants a what? You heard me. Everyone sees... Whitey, you better not be talking about... <laughs> exactly. We don't, we, oh, you want to light up a cross. Cracker. I told you, man. <laughs> but, like, everyone in the out. camp goes down to the pens. Everyone. And sees the freakiest fucking thing <laughs> imaginable. A dog whose head has... Split open, the skull has fallen out. Mm. There is just a. Well, it's weird like spitting like radiator juice onto the other yeah, dogs. Other dogs. <laughs> it's got crab legs coming out of its it's body. Like an, L, an R. Kelly moment there. Yeah, it's seriously. Like, it, oh yeah, definitely. I want to piss on you. Oh sorry. All right, <laughs> then it shoots out hands that are goblin shaped to attach to the roof. Childs comes in there and they're like, "Don't just look at it. Shoot this fucking thing with the flamethrower." Everyone saw it. Right? And that's where you had like it you know, has like the very Stranger Things looking. You yeah, know, exactly. Like the like Demogorgon. Yeah, exactly. Now, cut to later in the film. Everyone experienced this moment. McCready uh, goes out to where they think the Norwegians like found the ship that this thing landed in, and you know he brings back pieces of it. They had footage from the Norwegians showing them finding this thing. He brings two other people with him. They come back. They tell yeah, the story. Yeah, but if you remember when they found, they started looking at that footage, but like they're going, they're, "How much? Uh, how much of the tape is there?" Oh, we got nine hours. And Bennings goes, "We can't learn anything from this. <laughs> it's nine hours of fucking tape, dude. What are you talking about?" Still, still. But my point is this: he comes back and tells them, "We found a fucking spaceship, and I think that what we yeah, Bennings don't give a fuck." And suddenly they're all like, "I can't believe this voodoo bullshit." Childs, who set the fucking thing on fire, is all like, like, what do you think about this, Blair? You don't need to ask anyone else, Childs! You set a monster from space on fire! Where is this incredulity coming from suddenly? I can't believe this, Mac. What's going on? Are you pulling a... Tr- is this an April Fool's joke, Is this Mac? A, an episode of Punked? Yeah, exactly. where's, where's Ashton? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's always been like a, a, a thing where I go, wait, what? what's going on with... No, that doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, well, this, this movie deserves to be seen. It deserves to be talked about. And it deserves to be analyzed because there's just so much to it that we barely scratched the surface, in all honesty. Um, I had a lot more notes. Matt had a lot more notes. Ed had a lot more notes. There's just only so much you can get to it. And there's only also, don't take our words for this film either because, uh, like I said, Carpenter is a very precise filmmaker. He's saying a lot with this movie, and I don't think it can all... That's one another one of the drawbacks to uh, you know when it came out and wh- the way it was perceived is that you almost have to watch it multiple times. Yeah. And back then, you could, I mean, video, like, home infancy, video was in his yeah. infancy, so you really couldn't even fucking see it. So that's why I think, ultimately, rewatch it, rewatch it, check it out, and you might just find some like, funny, weird Easter eggs that you never noticed before, mm-hmm. and that wasn't, you know, just well, that, wouldn't you know, have that's, you. That's, uh, Or some point of view that we didn't even talk about. One, one of the things I'm just really griping about is the, how, where the, where the market is going in terms of 
cinema, right? You know, something like this, it's, you know, yeah, there is a real dying breed of type of, there's something to be said about that. And I think that there is the four quadrant formula of, of big budget Hollywood filmmaking, um, at least for theatrical releases. Mm. Um, that is what is King of the Hill these days. And if it is, if in the early eighties, people wanted to feel good ET movies, Forget about today. It is on overdrive. Well, look, I mean... Um, People will talk down anything that has any level of a certain level of complexity or some darkness in it. Yeah, but I think things like... I mean, you're, I, I do agree with that, but I think that's why you can, you can see... So, I could see something like this, and I think Stranger Things proved it, being on like on a small screen, yeah. but I'm like, thinking accessible even whenever you want... And digestible in like different, you know, different mm-hmm. chunks. Like, um, one of the things that that, that we constantly talk about on the show is like international markets. You know, like, uh, like, can you imagine the Chinese? Yeah, the, the, trying the, to swallow this pill, and not even necessarily know? because of and, cultural things, mm-hmm. but just because what comes across in that movie is so dependent on things like dialogue and familiarity mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you could do a film like this probably in Chinese mm-hmm. with the Chinese cast mm-hmm. and have it work for them. But you're not going to be able to translate the fullness of this film via a dub now, or a subtitle. I think that I think as far as um, uh, um, the oh, the international markets, the Koreans they do pr- they do pretty well with their horror. Yes, and there's no doubt in my mind that they that they are uh, Korean oh, filmmakers the of that are film watching are. this movie yeah. and are going. I'm going to retell this story in, in yeah. one shape or form. You know, I thought you were going to say there are Koreans watching this podcast. That are oh, going I to say, of course there are. Kim Jong-un is one. Yeah, yeah, so you, you know. he, he, but like, but like, we inspire a lot of his policy here. Yeah. It's unfortunately, I when I said I wanted to fire that guy out of a cannon once, and then he decided <laughs> that was going to be his uncle. Oh, wow. My bad. I, I should know but, the power that I have. But, but yeah. we should, we, yeah, but, um, yeah, this, I, I, no doubt in my mind that the Koreans, the, the Koreans, they, they have a really, they're at this, that this, at this must point, be an influence. They yeah. are, um, on the forefront in creating their own cinematic tradition. Right. Um, with, especially with, in the horror genre. Yeah. You know, whereas the Chinese, they're, they're, they're just chasing, they're just, they're just happy money. to be, get what Hollywood gives yeah, them. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 they're trying now, to get um, to the uh, I, do, I, I do would do like it. to get one thing about okay. the influences of this film, yeah. of how it has influenced other things, because that's one of the other things is about, is that if you come to this film, if you're hearing us talk about this and you watch it and maybe you're not blown away, maybe you go, <laughs> ah, that's like a billion other things I saw. There's a reason for that. People took their dribs and drabs of this film. People Tarantino. reworked it. Tarantino definitely will say, what is the Hateful Eight but the thing without horror? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a, got Kurt Russell in it. And it's got Kurt Russell in it. There's a reason for that. There's a reason it takes place in the snow. There's a reason it's about people in an enclosed area and about mistrust, about who is really who. Uh, Matt, you were saying about what well, you I just think. Say, I mean, you couldn't help notice, or, you know, like thinking about, you know, what kind of modern, you know, movies sort of really do get it, like, you know, like, a, take a bite out of, like, the th- Venom, you know, like, the whole concept of Venom is From basically, the, comics. It's basically the thing, I mean, yeah. you know, but it's, you know, it's kind of hidden in a comic book format, and it's mm. obviously linked to Spider-Man, but it do, it takes that, the form almost, is obvious, though. The, almost that yeah, same, yeah. you know, it that same but idea. But when it's not attached to a human being, it is the same And there's, ma- there's many different versions of Venom. There's a version, you know, that, like I was t- saying to Miguel, there's a version where, like, it takes over Flash Thompson in the comics, mm. who are, Flash Thompson doesn't have any legs, but when he turns into Venom, mm. he's got legs. You know what I mean? Right. It's 
I just, you know, it's just it an hides obvious inside translation. the human body. It takes you over. You know, uh, it's a it biological. It's a jar. No, no, Jar Jar. Uh, I mean, but, Lisa, sorry, you made that comment. Uh, but you know, there are you know, there's a reason why this film being held in so uh, such esteem has the legs that it has, and I think everyone should give it a watch when they have the time. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, John. And uh, I, I can't recommend it anymore. I'm so happy that you guys had a good experience with it. Uh, I didn't want it to be this thing where, like, you know... I'll oh, watch, hey, watch, I'll watch anything with Keith David on it. <laughs> <laughs> I am believing this voodoo bullshit for this. I do have one question. Okay. And I think this wraps it up pretty nicely. What happens if they didn't have any fucking flamethrowers? Whew, yeah. What, are you going to start, like, a Boy Scout fire? You know, rub two sticks together? <laughs> How are you getting rid of the thing? Jane bro? being a lighter, brother. <laughs> you know there was some joints in there. Yeah. They did have some joints. It's, right. they they just smoke it out. They're just smoking out with Cheech and Chong. It's the thing. Then the they're all still gonna, smoking. Then it's if they all turn into <laughs> uh, a society of things, and they're just going to play cards all day. You know, see that would be that would actually be. Imagine you you see a fast forward in that world. Everyone's the thing. It's like a retirement community for well, like, that's, a, that's a very Rick and Morty answer, by the way. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like, like, it's like <laughs> still Boca like, Vista for the. It thing. turns into a small city, like a, a city of uh, of of um, of of uh, Cronenberg. That's yeah, exactly. exactly what it is, and, it, and it is, and it would just be like imagine if it was like for all the all the drama that's in this yeah. movie that if the thing takes over, it's just cool beans. People are just like, yeah, right. no world like, things. Sure, what was the big deal? These guys, are, <laughs> these guys are great. <laughs> Uh, we're finished the last bottle of JB. Yeah, we're uh, so we're gonna take a short break for some words from friends, and then we will rush through Starman. <sighs> oh, what's the matter, Miguel? Uh, I feel fat, Ed. I feel the same way too. Oh, you too, John. Yeah. You guys, you both, you guys need to get in shape, and a way to go about this is by going with JP Total Fitness. JP Total Fitness. What's that? Oh. Uh, our pal Jonathan Padilla, a uh, friend of the show, uh, runs a Brooklyn-based personal training and remote coaching service committed to leading you becoming stronger and faster. Go to jptolafitness.com. Sad, when I visited your house the other week, uh, I saw Jen's uh, home office that you've got down in the basement. And there was this beautiful uh, flower centerpiece that was mounted on the wall there. Where'd oh, yeah. That, that's, um, that was done by Rosie. Friend of the show also. All right. Uh, Rosie, uh, she runs Rolex Creations for personal handmade luxury. Follow Rolex Creation on Facebook and Instagram and place your order today. Well, what are you doing over there? I'm just looking at our business cards, man. I mean, this is some great work that they did over there at Rolling Press for us. Oh, Rolling Press. That's um, our, our pal Eugene Lee. Uh, runs Rolling Press, and he did beautiful work for us with our cards. Rolling Press, a Brooklyn Park Slope-based eco-friendly printing business, printing books, magazines, zines, and comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing. Rolling Press is a printing company. Go to rollingpress.com. And now we're going to start the Starman portion of our Compare, Contrast, Review, Retrospective. Spoiler discussion. Now it's a lot of words right there. Yeah. Well, that's a, he's he's a lot of man. He's a star man. Friends with words. <laughs> uh Starman was a movie that was also embedded in my childhood. Oh wow. 
Um, Not to be confused the fact that you held the door for Starman when he that's a whole I'm, just, I'm just surprised you had a childhood. I thought you were just born this way. <laughs> At this point, you know, I was grown from a single hair. Mm, smells like that. Yeah, well, you know, well, you know, it depends on where the hair comes from. You know what I'm saying? The hair's all they over. They were curlier. Last I knew, the hair was all over. But... The hair was all over. Uh, this is a movie that Carpenter uh, puts out in 1984, a 1984 movie, uh, that we actually did talk about a bit in our 1984 retrospective podcast. Uh, Matt also participated. I was there. Now, and Academy where you, Award, where were you? <laughs> Academy Award nominated his uh, for, uh, his performance, for, Jeff Bridges, Bridges, yeah. and the only uh, time anything uh, Carpenter Touch got an Academy Award Which says uh, nomination. Yes. Did Bridges? Uh, I mean, he was nominated for some other stuff, but did uh, he ever? He never won. He hasn't won like any you know big awards, right? I so. want to say uh, Fabulous Baker Boys. Did he won? No, I don't I, think he won. I thought he no. I mean, Crazy Heart, maybe. The, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, not nominated even... for Last Picture Show, nominated for Thunderbolt and, and Lightfoot, uh, Starman, nominated Best Actor, The Contender, right. nominated for that. Um, He's had Crazy seven. Heart. He's yeah, had seven Academy Awards. Seven noms, right? No, oh, but I don't. No, I do not believe that Jeff has won, and if not. I mean, not even for the Lebowski, man, which is a very, very sadness. Right. Yes, exactly. Wait, well, hey, man. <laughs> it really brings the room together. Um, so this is a much lighter film than The Thing. It is Carpenter. I like to always say it is Carpenter showing his Spielberg. Sure, uh, yeah. It's almost like made to cancel out Spielberg. I, I, I'm going to counter that. You know, okay. it's, oh, wow. it's a straight-up love story. Well, yes, of course you know? it is. Of course it is. But, and, and it's... Um, but... That is what it's saying. It's a Car- love story. And that is part of being Spielberg. It is showing that, you know, Carpenter saying, I can manipulate more than just the hairs on the back mm. of your head. Ooh. You know, on the back of your neck. I can do other things. And he shows how good he is in, in, in this film. And to a certain degree, there's also, this is part of the backlash against the thing. This is uh, him trying to show a studio... You can hand me a big pile of money, and I can make you a movie that'll make. Well, money. I think with Spielberg already, you know, being mentioned, I think well, you know the thing felt a little bit of this too, mostly from a timing aspect, and for you know the whole the shadow of the YouTube. aliens involved, which every you know like nine out of ten movies were about aliens at that period of time. But there was like E.T. literally had a shadow over, I mean, over Carpenter's career, but over movies from this time period in general. Yeah. You know, like everybody was like, either they wanted to be like ET, or they they wanted to you know to be the opposite of it, or at least differentiate themselves. <laughs> even even Spielberg did to a certain degree because I mean that's him shadow many yeah. people saying that you know Toby Hooper well, was one did of the not biggest... pull off the poster, poltergeist, mm-hmm. and that Spielberg comes in there to sort of shadow direct that one right. to prove that oh no I can be a scary guy. I mean, ET whether he, you know whether it holds up or not these days I would probably be on like the not camp, but. He, it, liter- it, it literally was the biggest movie of that time period. I just don't get it. I really don't yeah. understand. I don't. I, yeah, yeah, that's what I say. I'm not sure they hold. You you you're not a, you're not an ET. No, no, not at all. Yeah, but even th- even <laughs> as, a, as a as a as a movie goer, but it's undeniable I, that it, that was like a giant fucking movie, right? Like at that point, everyone and his brother watched it. Well, and, is it because it's a children's movie, or, or was it you know, primarily like you know? 
I just uh, I I watch. I'm you really don't find that many discussions around. I about find that ET. that is true. I don't think people honestly do talk that much these days about ET. It was gigantic. Mm-hmm. It still has a long, you know, legacy. People, it. I think it's where we start to coin the term Spielbergian. Yeah, it's what I think of it. You least. know, like, but I. What are its influences outside of like you know it in itself had was basically. Boy and his dog only replaced. Its marketing Golden. was, but uh, its marketing was off off the charts, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it continued. It, conti- it Turn sold. Turn on your hotlights. It sold. Jesus. It sold. Let it shine. Et was selling cereal. Out. Et yeah. was sorry, on, sorry, on, listeners. On, on, on lunch boxes, you know, I mean backpacks. The, the, yeah, you know, I mean the, the merchandise video game pencil toppers. The worst like, the one world. of the worst video games ever. All ever the time, combined. right? Exactly. And there's no like you said. Was that a Coleco Vision? No. There's this, the, there's the shadow of that film and Carpenter for whatever you know. Well, for all, for obvious reasons, felt he had to produce something. Well, one of the things I remember like, Carpenter saying in some of the interviews again to bring that up was like he that he couldn't have done ET. He would have had to have have to have had ET <laughs> turn into a vampire or something and kill the kids. ET <laughs> like, fuck. And I love that about him. He knows that not only does that you know a little dig at ET, it it's like Carpenter saying that he knows himself. He knows right. his work and he knows what not only what people and and fans expect of him, but it just wouldn't work right. for his style for like the way he goes about stuff. And you know one of the things is this script that be, that is Starman was sort of put on the back burner because of the E.T. success. Right. There was like, they were competing scripts and then like, you know, E.T. gets made first and then it's like, well, we're not doing this anymore because it's E.T., you know, because E.T. is so big. Well, not only were there competing scripts, like there was the studio, which I think was Columbia for Starman, Mm -hmm. had the option to like either, they were going to do either... E.T., which at that point was called Night Skies, I think, right. at least in the working the working title, and or Starman, and they they went with Starman, and I think you know history obviously tells you you know what you know, at least what the box office says about that, but at the same time you know that's kind of what got us here today as far as you know it led to Carpenter being on it on Starman right that that decision a, a little going a little backing up towards uh, of the thing. Is uh, Richard uh, Richard Masur, of course, mm-hmm. was up Masser? for a role. Masur yeah. was up for a role right. in ET. Right. Turned it down for the thing. Yeah, and he was like, I think he was I've, he was stalling, uh, stalling, and stalling on it, and then he decided to. You know, Spielberg himself yeah. had said, "I want you." He's on like, this can film. you do this? He's like, "Well, when I gotta be there." He's like, well, "We gotta do it now." And then he's like, "Sorry, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do I've this. Got this other, I've got this yeah. other thing, the thing." And of course, immediately he had said at the time when he saw, it, I was like, "Oh, this is the biggest thing." I feel I'm kicking myself in the ass initially, but speaking, you know, contrasting at least ET with the thing, which was its direct, you know, competition mm-hmm. at the time in, in the box office and theaters. Um, I who talks about ET? No one talks about ET. Yeah, I think if you, everyone yeah. people talk about the thing in modern. If we're talking about how yeah, both the, the, the world, scene, yeah. how both of these movies are perceived in the modern like you know era, I think there's way more fans for the thing than there are. There's more passion. Yeah, yeah, more with, passion with with the. Uh, with the thing, I think I don't want to go see ET at the midnight movies. Right, exactly, exactly. With the, with the thing, there's passion and deep analysis. With ET, I think it is just the attachment of nostalgia. You right. know, it's just that sort of. 
And E.T., of course, like I said, it, it, it shadows also on this film. And this is Carpenter going, no, no, no. I can give you something like that. You want that shit? I got that shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you want to bring that shit? I'm going to dunk on you, man. <laughs> so, so he produces with this with um, uh, Larry Franco is one of his guys. Again, right? again. Same and the, Michael the Nor- Douglas. The same Norwegian. Michael Douglas, yes. Yeah, yeah Michael Douglas. Uh, Hank Pym himself. Right. You know, like he's 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 attached to executive this. producer, right? executive yeah. producer, right? You know, but he's the one that actually championed this getting getting made to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he kind of drug it around to you know uh, until it finally did get you know some. Uh, and it is action. interesting that and they're giving a double the the, the um like twice the amount of money to make this movie, uh, twenty eight uh, yeah four million dollars. It's, it's it's surprisingly more expensive than the than the thing, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't have necessarily the same like sort of in camera effects. But it is a more traditional film. And it has the scope of, you know, a big budget Hollywood mm. film, even if it is a small story of two people traveling across country. Uh, and <laughs> uh, the funny thing about it is, is that there are aspects of the original script that most people would think, oh, that's right up Carpenter's Alley. Yeah. That's what he's going to be about. And he takes the tack of saying, no. He actually, yeah, he cuts out a lot of the, like, the, the not only does he cut out some like technology stuff, but like a lot of the more alien like ideas, like where because he, I think you know more than anything, he wanted this. I, of course, it's a story about an alien who comes to Earth, but he wanted to sort of focus on the you know the not only the love story, mm-hmm. but like sort of a stranger in a strange land aspect. Yeah, 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 right. You know what I mean? Where it's just like here's this like blank slate of a, a life form. Coming to literally, I mean, they're the whole. It, it, to be honest, it's, to learn it, about the it earth, feels a, to learn about humans. I hate saying this; it's a slightly glamorized version of the man who fell to earth. You know, a man, a man who fell to earth, starring David Bowie, the also Starman of a different <laughs> of a different aspect, right? Um, uh, he had a little bit of that, but here, Jeff, the new, I'm on. new to the culture, I'm new to everything mm-hmm. in the world, <clears throat> and like you said, there's this sort of part where you know the original script calls for a lot of other different things, and instead he says, no, I need to get, have the audience buy into Real this in. relationship. Simplify it, I think. Yeah. I mean, and, we were talking about minimalism, you know, that yeah, being yeah. part of his style. I think this movie, even though there is some weird, you know, it's got a, it, there's a sweetness, there's all the other stuff that he's not necessarily known for. The interesting thing is you can still see how he's reeled in bits and pieces where, like I said, for, when we were talking about the thing, you can see him making the thoughts, mm-hmm. like where he's, as a director, he decided to include that, but not to include that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how to twist some other things into working better. Well, look, like the ro- romance, it's expected. Yeah. Karen Allen, by the way, oh cutie. Yes. Oh my cutie. God. Yeah. I like, like I, I've never really <laughs> was into Karen Allen. And, and then I watched this movie. How? Like, how could you not be? I, because no, she's how because, could you not be? She is because I, because I, Karen I'm Allen. not, because I, I, um, all from Scrooge. Yeah. I know her from, yeah, An- 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 <laughs> no, no, but Karen I remember Allen, animal house. Anybody? Karen <laughs> Allen here, but the girlfriend from animal house. Um, in, in this, in this movie, like, but even so, like, you it's can't expected. introduce her in her panties, man. It's I mean, ex- come on. Yeah, I know. It's expected she's like that too, she's so gonna I fall think, in love, right, with with the alien, right? right? Because they set they they set this up already. Oh, it's her. It's her. Uh, she's a widow. And her dead right. dead husband, and the alien comes and takes takes uh, um, the, the the shape and form of, of of Jeff Bridges, and he's gonna act all weird mm-hmm. and whatever, you know. And so it's the setup is there, right? Okay. Um, and then what goes on in between? It's the road journey, the, the, well, the journey. Well, again, to contrast to the thing is that fact that suddenly we hear this film where 
we have a central female component mm. where this is not about the relationship of men to men. This is a relationship of a man and a woman mm. and all the issues that come with that. Um, so it's like, okay. Oh, sci-fi story. It's not the same thing as the thing. It's not hoeing the same, mm. uh, you know, row. Uh, it's, it's going into a, a very different direction. It's about emotions and it's about, you know, Carpenter said in an interview, it's about hope. Yeah. Whereas, like I said, you know, whether you optimism, optimism maybe. is yeah. you know is, is part of it. And how very the the most Hollywood thing about this movie is you got the G Men and 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 uh, Seti and and the Law. They're they're on they're, your tail. They're, the whole they're time. almost. They're not. I wouldn't say they're important to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, especially to the resolution of the story. Notice there isn't. They don't factor in all that largely. The focus is on Allen and Bridges mm-hmm. and their road trip, you know. And it's funny. In other words, you could tell G-Man the story stuff, without the whole the G-Man stuff. I need to get to this place right. within well, not, two. Well, not not the chase against yeah. it. Really, you could almost cut out the chase stuff. Yeah, I think the government, the feds, just put a uh, they put pressure on the timeline. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. They add that sort of extra impetus, and they're the ones. That's the part of the story where the audience gets their exposition. Jeff Bridges doesn't, there isn't a talk about with him and Karen Allen about my people come from the planet Norbulan. Yeah, well, there's, the, at the, well, at the end, she asked him about that stuff, him, but he yeah. keeps it specifically vague. Yeah. Like, you know, the, you know, obviously we'll get to that part, but there, there is talk about, he does describe, you know, how, they, what his people are like, but they've lost something along the way. Yeah. Not a, like, and that, him says, saying that. May, obviously brought me back to Dark City a little bit. You know, <laughs> you but, think maybe, what, I mean, go digging in the old stuff, old episodes, see what, look that episode <laughs> up, guys, Dark City. But uh, there, you know, it's, it's the sort of film where there's, like you said, the vagueness. We don't see Starman's original form. We're not given it. Which, in, like you said, in the original script, though, it is, like, spe- specified. Like you know, he what does, he looks like. Well, he's he like he's do. got like a coral body with white lips, and he's veiny, and he wears like a like a mirrored helmet right, and all yeah. this stuff. And like Carpenter again makes the choice, dividing it down to something simpler. We never show that. Mm. All we see is like a, a, a blue orb of mm. light, and that's until you know he takes Jeff Bridges' form. That's all we get. The technology of the thing is opaque. Yeah, There's yeah, blue no orbs, of, you know, the, the like, are they, the are they batarangs for this guy? You yeah, know, I mean? <laughs> we don't, we don't, he doesn't get into the biology of it. It's just like, no, that's not important to my story, mm-hmm. which you would think again. Oh, he's the genre guy. Yeah. Oh, he's going to get into the, he's like, no, no, yeah. I don't need that. This story can still have those elements and not be about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, he delivers a, you know, the, the cast is solid from Bridges, of course, as, as the quote unquote star man. And Karen Allen and, you know, uh, Charles it's, Martin. Uh, Karen Charles Allen. Martin. It's Jenny Hayden. Jenny Hayden. In the script, what was it like? in the script je- like, it's actually written as one word. Jenny, oh. Jenny Hayden. Because they, That's they just... how the star man talks. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what I said to Miguel after watching this. I said, my God, Jeff Bridges is indeed one he's of a, the greatest actors of our generation. A, he's a weird fucking guy. And I, like, that's, <laughs> I say that with all the love in the world for him. And also... He, I mean, I don't, there's something about, I, I wanted to do like some sort of Google search because I still don't understand why he looks so fucking different as in the Starman role. I mean, he's got like a lowbrow, 
look at, and kind of like a dead eye look on his face that somehow he did that. You know what like, I mean? Without like, acting, it wasn't, but it wasn't special effects. But you, go and look at him and Starman and versus anything, even from that time period. Like, I don't know what he's doing against the odds. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's really weird. It's what he, whatever, whatever the fuck he did. We, we, bring up, we bring up Tron and we're like, Oh, don't you mean Flynn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, uh, uh, one thing I'd like to, uh, uh, to note in, con- again, to compare contrast to the thing is that, um, there's an old saying that the, if the guts of the movie are good, then it doesn't matter what the head is doing. Which is to say that um, you can have a headliner like a Jeff Bridges and you can have a, a Kurt Russell. But if the actors underneath it don't deliver as well, they aren't at least solid. Well, the character actors. Yeah, if Karen Allen isn't support. there giving the performance she is. Right. She Like, she, the, like you would never get... Yeah, and Jeff Bridges has said this about yeah. this scenario too, like where he, like you know, if he didn't have her to play off, there's basically if you take like if you do take away the Fed scenario, it's basically just like a two person mm-hmm. movie, you know. And if she's not there giving her all at the same time, like he's just a weird, you know, guy, well, bird like. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, well uh, Aaron, that... she was cast before Bridges. Sure. Carpenter decided I need to get this part right. I need to get Jenny Hayden. Yeah, they like some like and we'd love to do this, but actors that almost were the guy, mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon was wow, all, like really real, real close. That would have been a really bizarre movie, wasn't he in Animal House as well? He, yes, he was in Animal House. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes. Just like bringing that on back, but that would just what a you know. I mean, we can never tell what like you know what these movies would be like with other actors. That, but that's that's, a weird that's odd that you're that's a weird that you're t- that you're bringing up that Karen was cast first, given that. Now Carpenter was married to Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbeau, yes, and she was, you, and she was the voice of the chess. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, and then you go, you look at Karen Allen. She's kind of marginal, marginally, marginally pretty, sort of... marginally prettier version of Adrian Bar- Barbeau. Meaning, like you know, totally she's kind of on the dark. She's a well, darker, darker skin, well, dark complexion. Always, well, no, what I've always Adrian Barbeau was considered more of like a sex pot to yeah. use. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Without a doubt, Karen Allen has more a of the girl next door, yeah, cutie, which is which is, which is your thing, Ed. You're always about the girl well, next door. He just likes girls. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Whether they live next door or not, thankfully not well, for us. Yeah. All of he us. He just likes. Girls. He just likes girls. We're good. We're good. Shout out to Ed's wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just need to. Honey, need to clarify that, you yeah, know, honey. not just girls like thirteen-year-old girls. No, 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 no. no I, I'm married. Adult women. Okay, we got it. Very weird. Like adults. Back to Karen Allen, who's most definitely an adult. Pancake um, Studios does not believe in the opinions expressed. <laughs> Insert disclaimer here. Uh, she is a he- very huge part of the film of making it work as good as Bridges is. Mm. She makes the film work. I think Charles Martin Smith's character makes the film work. I was so I wanted to bring him up. Mm-hmm. All right, you know he's um, uh, uh, he character actor extraordinary. character actor. Hey, I just remember him. He's an untouchable. Okay? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So that's the one um, thing I do remember from. And uh, he he brings a certain dimension to the to the whole G man. You know, like you. Know. Well, I think I always I always kind of envision him as a character who was. Uh, we're going to remember it's in 84, right? So it's the Reagan era, right? Everyone right. who was counterculture Reagan. had turned in their counterculture car. Reagan, oh, sorry. <laughs> they Tear ever- down this wall. Jelly beans, jelly beans, <laughs> jelly beans. Just say no. Just say no. Um, everyone who was counterculture had kind of turned in their card. And was and it's like, I'm working for the man. I'm, I've kind of like, this is where society is. I'm not You're burning me anymore. out, man. <laughs> exactly. Right? And I always got a sense of his character as that kind of guy. 
I mean, you know, the the idea of it's like, oh, well, I work for SETI, you know. He was the kind of like, you yeah. know, uh, oh, I'm so, the wild idea of looking for alien life forms. When he that guy was in his 20s, that was he was all about. Right. His hair was longer and everything else. And then well, the world changed and he had to get a government job, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking well, about paranoia. And, again, in the, in the original script I, I mentioned to you, right. though. He's actually described in the original script as a grizzled 50, 50 year old divorcee. That, um, and he's also not just, a, and SETI is not really mentioned at all. He's just another NSA agent, just like, right. like the, and it's know, in the original his, script, you mean? Yeah. Yes, yes. And then Carpenter comes around. And oh, okay. the, 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 I mean, the, Charles Martin Smith couldn't be more different from that description. that guy, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. It, I, he almost feels like the complete opposite of that guy. And he has to be that guy because it has to be someone who has. A connection to the government in some way in this story. And someone who's going to present that but counter argument to, to, to the to the to the top brass. Well, he's going to let Starman like, go mm, in the end. Number yeah. one, yeah, he, his main role is to be empathetic to the Starman, right? And so he has to be that. I think that kind of that kind of person, someone who's like similar to Coyote's character, almost in ET. Mm. You know, only again, this being it's funny. I feel that this film is actually more. It's less emotionally manipulative than ET, and it's more realistically emotional mm. and and deeper you know because it's like oh the thing like again peter Kaiwa's character in et and he goes to la well i wish if i was your age i i prayed every day that this would happen to me you know it's like going like ah whereas you got charles martin smith's character in this was simply like we invited this i'm excited guy. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah we invited he's excited here. that there's life and the government's just like let's chop it up right like, yeah. well, look the, the complexities and the and like you say like pulling your heartstrings right you know like it's so the complexities of karen's performance she tries to leave yeah she tries times. to leave right, right? realistically yeah. so yeah. realistically so yeah, there's you like they're taken almost at gunpoint right. by this person who is the zombified corpse of your, of dead, your husband, dead husband right? <laughs> <laughs> who's just like who says vaguely i need to get to arizona <laughs> well like i gotta point out too like the, and you talked about there being emotional manipulation and, you know, I think you were talking about as far as, like, the audience was concerned. But when you really think about the Jenny Hayden character, she's kind of in a PTSD scenario where she's, like, all stressed out about her mm, dead husband. Yeah. And here comes Starman. He's like, well, how can I use this? Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, and you, think, you think the Starman was, like, playing the angles? A little bit. Like, I mean, like, I, again, that needs to be, like, it evolves into a love story. But she's Star obviously... Starman's a user, man. She's obviously... He's a user. <laughs> she's there drinking, watching old movies of her dead husband. She's obviously in no state to go on a fucking road trip and, like, get chased by the feds. But she's just like, you know... What am I going to do? This movie needs to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the movie gods have determined that yeah. the star man will come into your life. Plot development. Come on, guys. <laughs> come on, man. Sure. <laughs> but uh, uh, getting uh, what I said. So you have her there. You've got Charles Martin Smith. You've got Richard Jekyll, who is another old-time character actor, Dirty Dozen, you know, XYZ. And then a ton of other people who give really good, solid performances almost Throughout the rest of the film, you know, the supporting characters, people that they meet, you know, whether they be broadly drawn characters. The like cops. The, 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 like the cops MC or the rednecks. from Lost. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. um, uh, or the, you know, the roadside diner woman, you know, the, those sort of things. Uh, yeah, I, lo I love, yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I, had, I had a wedge of it myself. <laughs> uh, but the core of the film is the, is the road trip relationship part between Alan and Bridges. Right. And, you know, let's concentrate on just Bridges here and what he does with this role. Sure. Um, 
you know, uh, what, what, what is it that he did for the, uh, uh, for his well, there's like a bunch of stuff. I mean, number one, you know, when he, when, you know, Carpenter's like talking about when they first started coming in, he came in with ideas, like already, you know, reading the script, he's like, how can I, t- you know, how do I play this guy? How do I inhabit, you know, this alien who, and you know, I should, he really doesn't have anything to compare it to. Obviously it's an alien, but he started thinking, uh, you know, how, like, you know, what, what kind of things are like, you know, come to things with like a new view. I mean, and you know, how can I like, you know, make that apparent? And he started working with, he had a friend named Russell Clark, who was a dancer who had like, he's like, he thought, thought he thought to himself, like, what, who do I know that I could possibly just, you know, might just be an alien. I didn't know it. And, <laughs> and this guy was like this lanky sort of, you know, whatever you might Twilight think of. Twilight Tharp type. And he's, you know, he's, he basically studied for a while trying to get some body movements down. Um, this is like another weird comment he made. I, I, you know, this goes it kind of goes back to what Ed was saying, like don't fuck with kids. But he had, uh, you know, he was taking videos of <laughs> taking videos of children and just like how they like kind of interact and like how when their things, first experience is yeah, first eating ice cream. When things are new, how do you react to it? It's Which not going to be today. They would never allow Jeff Bridges to right. do that. That's right. why I'm like, <laughs> let's not talk about that. And then. <laughs> And then one of the other, like, I think is just like a... a what are you doing there, Jeff? Oh, this is just a video project, man. <laughs> another thing, I think, and this was more of like a kind of a Cliff Notes reminder to himself. He actually had a picture of a bird, like, on his script. Oh, yes, yes. He had an eagle. He to said, remind himself to, like, act bird-like, I'm assuming. That's right, like yes, what, that's my character. That's what he like, what, what is yeah. the, Whose script is that? That's Jeff's. Don't worry about that. That's kind of a So he had to do his method research. Yeah. and yeah, that's, He had to do his method research. He wanted it to... He, you know, this is... He's a human... Who's obviously everybody assumed this is an adult male who's you know Bridges was like thirty five at the time so it's just like mm-hmm. this is a thirty five year old male who's been around but he's also just like you know a bl- again a blank slate mm-hmm. so and he's got a he's impersonating a human like Every, everything before. up to and including the act of walking is yeah. new to this character mm-hmm. and he I don't maybe and this is kind of odd because he's played aliens before and it was a kind of a funny thing but you know. Maybe the only other guy in Hollywood who was off kilter enough to pull this off would have been like Goldblum. Yeah, right. You well, know, <laughs> he actually might be a fucking. Alien. He might be an actual alien, but this is too close to home. I don't. <laughs> um, Apartments dot com. I don't know why. He's saying this. <laughs> save the apartment, save the world. And I don't know and, and without a doubt, he's committed. You know, that's the whole. That's a, why the he gets nominated. Yeah. you see. This yeah, you can is, tell he did the work. Yeah, the work is on. You know, and it and it's not in a way that's like, oh, he's obviously pulling these affectations. It's no, this is the character. Well, look, I mean, the 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 character just sort of there's a downward spiral. You know, to reduce his performance of saying, oh, he's acting silly. No, no, no. You go from him being very animated to I'm about to die. The slowly, the, the slow, whole, the, the slow, slow, but also the strange changeover of. But he gradually becomes more, more human, or like you know, the closer he comes mm-hmm. to death, he's like again blank slate, and in three days, which yeah. is all he has, he, he's like you know, he basically is having regular conversations by the end. Yeah, I mean, even with the cook who picks him up for you know yeah, the yeah. hair tag and scenario, and she like, goes from you're not from around here, are you? I'm like, gonna leave. Yeah. I'm gonna try to leave this guy, but it's like at the end, she's like, take me with you. Yeah, you know. And part of that, like, I still, I mean, again, she looks ahead and she sees her husband. Which is very... But she knows her husband's dead, but at the same time, she has an attachment to this alien in three days' time. Right, yeah, yeah. Which which is partially that movie magic. PTSD, yeah. PTSD. Now, I think you, 
you have hit something on the head there. Yeah. I mean, she wants to believe. I mean, yeah. she knows it's not, yeah. but this is a thing that's right in front of me. How can you know? How can I deny this? It, it's literally flesh and blood. And and then there's just something about the purity of the character that wins mm-hmm. her, despite how crazy the situation is when she decides to. She goes from thinking I'm being kidnapped and this is threatening to, at gunpoint, at gunpoint, right? <laughs> yeah. to, With her own gun, actually. To I have. I have sympathy for this person, but I'm still not willing to give my all. Oh, okay. He's just lost. All right. Here are the directions, but I'm going to take a bus at the next, you know, stop and get out of here. What's the worst going to happen? He's done. He's dead in three days. (laughs) (laughs) To no, I, I feel responsible now. That's really what that happens. It goes that, you know, there's a, there's a point, you know, where it's like, she's, they're at a diner and, She's trying to explain. And he he knows something's up. He says, "Why are you doing this? Why are you telling me about the maps? Why are you telling me how to use the credit card? Why are you?" And it's her like like I'm sympathetic to you now. Yeah, I gotta skate, but I gotta get out of this. This is this is yeah. too much for me. And then she makes that final turnover to no, he's not gonna make this without me. And you talk about this is like the Bodark's bus station scene. Yeah, here. exactly. Like you know when With he the, brings the deer back to life, and it's there's this whole she really sees him for the first time. And understands the she she gets the gravity of the situation, and that's the real opening of her heart to him. I take the form of Scott, so I don't scare you, little bit. Little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you weren't doing the bridges. Or is this you doing Starman? <laughs> I'm Starman. Yeah. Starman is bridges is fine. That's what I get. It. Okay. What is kidnapping? <laughs> um, and it you know that road trip you said that three days. It's classically in the style of old Hollywood, you know, road trip, and this goes again to Carpenter. Yeah, I think they. I mean, even Carpenter like used like, it happened one night. Yeah, as exactly. A, a reference to it. Classic films. He 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 enjoys. You know th- that the craftsmanship mm-hmm. is in that movie. You see it in the like you said in the selection of the shots and how he decides to do things, even small things like you said, um, uh, how he builds things. That scene at the bus stop builds tension. Even yeah, he, there's a hole where they had to go back and reshoot just one moment. That he needed to get in there, and that is they the the di- the uh, uh, the waitress at the diner comes and tells Jenny they filmed that on location, mm-hmm. right? And in the original cut of it, as it were, she says mostly the same lines, right? And she says, "No, no." She says, "Do you do you, do you want me to tell him the whole?" Are you sure, honey. Yeah. And she's like, "No, no, that's okay." And he says on the commentary, "I had to go back." He says, "I looked at it and I says mm, I needed another angle there." I needed another angle that was closer on her to really see. She says, Karen has these eyes. She has this face. Yeah. This is, no, I'm committed now. This mm. is, I'm, 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 I'm all in on this. I have to get this guy. Enter the, the scene where there's a blockade in the, in, in the road. And she engineers this whole like es- <laughs> escape plan, you know, where, well, yeah, where, where, she, where she promises a young kid, I'll give you that hand job if you is that what you're <laughs> oh Karen come call in come call in that kid seemed seem pretty hype regardless he just wanted to take his hot ride up right yeah, exactly. like... <laughs> well, well I mean there's it's funny because Carpenter talks about um, in certain more modern interviews although he'd had an interview at the time where he talked about the tension between his pessimism and his hope mm. and about how like he said what I'm a I'm a long term pessimist but I can be a short term optimist right uh but there's something about Starman that is kind of whether you think nowadays that it's a little too naive that that essentially what Starman says at the end, which is he goes, "What do you think about humanity?" And says, "I think you are at your best 
when, when things are at their worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carpenter's kind of disavowed that as he's gotten older. He says, no, nah, you know what? Well, no, he said, kind of showed me uh, yeah. Yeah, when shit goes down, we go down with it. And right. Well, I think we all want to feel like that. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, whenever you see something that's, that hits those, like, you know, those notes, those heart notes, even, on, you know, in a movie, you're like, oh, man, I wish, like, I that wish that's real. the way yeah. thing, shit was. The reason I affects, it affects you that much is because, man, I know that ain't real. Yeah, you know, that's so, so much of my experience. But every, not I think it, generally humanity wants there to be some sort of optimism because right. if there's not, it's just a lot of fucking evil bullshit. Right. Well, and, I mean, and, and figuratively, and it's in the movie. It's figuratively, in the movie. it's the kid. Like she has oh, having hope a, that she gives him right. the hope of that yeah. next yeah. generation. But also, I, you know, there, you get this sort of like, okay, well, you've got the government people. You know, you've got certain, and it's funny. A lot of the jerk offs in this are are just government, right? Mm. This the, the cops, troopers. What have you, you know, you know, uh, the people. Chasing yeah, we can't. After. Do, like, uh, that's another, you know, a weirdo scene. I, I don't necessarily call it a highlight, but it is one of the effects live, like driven scenes where, I mean, they're all, okay. They're on the run. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're trying to get to Winslow, Arizona. Along the way, like, you know, there is that, you know, we, we, I think we've gone to the bus stop already. We've had some of these like character building moments, but there is that the, once they, they leave the hotel, like they basically have to, you know. To, to get away from the cops. Like, I think some one of the other, like, you know, uh, guests at the hotel, tell, yeah, we don't mean to, you know, tell you anything, but your sweet orange Mustang out, <laughs> out in the parking lot is getting, like, you know, like, like Cased by the cops, yeah. And so, you know, there's a distraction, and then they, uh, then, you know, they escape. The cops start, like, they, they're just, the weird thing about the cops in that scene is that they really, like, they want to beat the feds to it. Like, we want, like, we want to be in the news. They pull, uh, what was the, what was the film you, you said, Easy Rider? They pull an Easy Rider. Yeah, because like they pull a shotgun out against them. Yeah, and the, you know, the Mustang. They they, hit, they basically hit Jenny in the like, like in the side, back yeah. in the back with a shotgun blast through a car. Right, and that's kind of that's actually. I mean, we've seen Starman do weird little stuff like Cut turn, your hair hippie. He's like you know turn the TV channel with his finger and do some other weird stuff. But this is where we get to see like the first real example of him using his powers or whatever or you know what, something something his, not just like oh I'm contacting my people or. I made right. a lug. Mm-hmm. I made a lug wrench melt. Like he's got, always, you know, like, make, that line makes me laugh. He's got, you know, he's got these like seven silver orbs that he takes on the trip with him, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, the this is the first time. I mean, they basically she's shot. So like now they have to, you know, how, how does this pr- proceed? They decide to like gun it. Right. Yeah. Starman <laughs> decides I, I'm taking a risk here. I'm gonna I'm gonna howl needle and blow this shit up. <laughs> he, all right. So not only does he know how to fucking drive already. He's barreling down the highway. He's fucking Smokey and the Bandit. Up ahead, up ahead, they I... have an overturned oil tanker that, like, cops are like, oh, let's get this oil tanker out. And then it's all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, here comes an orange Mustang. Right. They dr- He decides to drive through it. I get, I'm assuming, knowing that it's going to, you know, go sky high. And, uh, you know, that's the first time he uses the or. Basically, you see him, you know. The it's thing. the most spectacular example of his alienness. I mean, you know, basically, the thing of, the thing explodes into a giant fireball, right. and he walks out. He walks out in like sort of this glowing right. force field sort of deal. It sort of harkens back to the stuff that he had cut out from the script, where in the original script there is sort of like well, he can fly. He in the can script. fly, yeah. and there's a whole. Thing. But if he can fly, why would he need to you know Eugenia drive Hayden across country? Mustang. Right. Exactly. So you know that's going again. Carpenter, like you said, seeing what needs to be done mm. and what's superfluous, and. Then of course we get the whole you know he brings her back to life, and you know they fall. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, you were when before I, you know I, I diverted there. He you know the the scene 
at the bus stop slash diner or whatever, where they're eating cherry pie or like an mm-hmm. apple pie. Or he's starting with dessert first. I think was it yeah. dessert first. But um, the way that that like you know when he he bring he resurrects the deer because he doesn't understand why it's dead. So and he want, and he can bring it back to life. That's actually. The small moment where he, I'm, a, I don't know. I mean, they don't really show him using. Do they? They show him bring it to life, but they don't show, they don't show, show him using him, an orb. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not like. Uh, so can, that's no big deal. Yeah. Like bringing a deer back to life, <laughs> bringing a it's woman not, back it's to not life. Powder is yeah, what you say. Right. It's not powder. <laughs> but that's actually I mean to what you're saying. Once that, more pedophilia, Ed. Once more. That's. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I brought it up. <laughs> kids are great, but the uh, I like he, girls. He, bring, he brings back. <laughs> He brings he brings the deer back to right. life. That's the point that turns her mind right. towards the fact that this isn't just like you know some fucking weirdo that you know from space that's trying to kidnap me and kill me. This is a guy that actually needs help, and that's kind of well, what the gets purity her. Purity of his soul in that moment, yeah. and then realizing the confrontation with the rednecks immediately. Sure. That. He's gonna do something that's gonna get himself. She gets, killed. A, she gets her gun out in that right, point. Yeah. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. It's like this. Is, he is, you know, he may be wise beyond us. Well, he's super but intelligent, here, but he's an infant as far as humans. Exactly, human, exactly. Humanity exactly. is concerned. Uh, now, uh, let me ask you, Ed. Was there any part of this movie where you you didn't you weren't into it? You didn't buy it. Because I, I got a feeling that in our discussions as we talked, you didn't like this uh, as much as you like the thing. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Hands up. If anything, um, take it back. I like these. I like the two movies very differently from each other. You know, yeah, Schwarzenegger, and, DeVito. No, yeah. right. You know, uh, you know, <laughs> they're brothers. Charlie McDennis. Anyway, that's besides the point. You know what I'm talking about because you live in Philly. Maybe. <laughs> um. No, I like them very, very differently, and um, uh, and I walked away from Starman feeling very edified and very, uh, very hopeful. It was very, it was. Carpenter did you know, his job. Like yeah, the fact that because I'm sorry, I'm a sucker for for really good love stories. Yeah, and you know, not the not the Ryan O'Neill, not Notebook, not, yeah, not the Notebook, not which I've never even bought. Oh. It's, it's not, it's I don't not, make it business to watch. I mean, it's not, it's not to say that there isn't manipulation in this story. Mm-hmm. And there is almost inherently in any story. No, but it's that. very, it's very sincere. It's very organic. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, um, you don't feel that it's just about that. Oh, well, like some, maybe some other director it would have been because Jenny Hayden had, you know, 38 double D's. It's not about that. You know what I mean? It's not about like. Let me know what Miguel is. Now. Exactly. <laughs> We've always we know what Miguel is. I'm gonna keep my preferences to myself. <laughs> I'm just a guest, though. But like you know, um, I uh, uh, there's a real sincerity to to Starman, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I feel like I could watch this movie over and over again. I really, I really do. I, well, I think I think it I think it it does stand up, even though I would put it in the category of films that. Have kind of you've said it yourself. No one really talks about this film too much these days. Yeah, you know, and it's I I I'm, I'm actually quite pissed that they even considered make, that they even made a spinoff, yeah. the spinoff TV show, with Robert Hayes. And they, you know, they talked for years and years about sequels. And, one you know, of the Stranger Things producers, I think, was talking about doing an update for. Yeah, it. not yeah. that long, maybe 2014 or something. Yeah. It wasn't that long. Oh, Starman, not even that long. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Stranger Things has only been uh, See, that's 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 a mark of something. I feel like, you know, but it would be an update or... with younger actors. It would which be is weird. huge. I think mistake. you need to have these actors be in their thirties because mm. it's like that puts some weight behind them 
behind the, like the dead husband. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's enough, yeah. There's enough like real time to be alive when you're in. 20, I don't know. It's just, I, I feel and there's it, that casting too. Karen Allen is a good-looking woman. But there's something about her in this part that feels very lived in. Yeah, but she's not a teenager. Right, exactly. Right, That's what right. I mean. It's lived in. There's mm-hmm. this sort of like, no, no, I see some lines on the face. Yeah, you got to understand why she's, you know, not just why because her husband is dead. Her, yeah. It's just like, this means something to her that's not just like, oh, dead Karen people. Allen, by the way, she's the poster child for Hollywood, Hollywood stopped giving me roles because I was, I was already past my prime. You know, like I was already like in my 30s. And I'm like, what? Even in your 30s, you... You, you yeah, look nothing like compared to... This isn't actually not to oversell Karen Allen. Yeah. She's not street. She's not that sort of like, you know, you know, ultra versatile. She's played, you know, in the roles you've seen her. There's a similarity. She has that, I'm not necessarily inhabiting a role. I'm giving you a version of myself kind of act. Well, we talk about it but, when we talk like about the Superman. Kevin, the Kevin Costner. Right. Yeah. We, we, we talked about I, it in her Superman. She was, she was considered for Lois Lane. Seen, I, and she would have brought that same sort of mm-hmm. what she did in Indiana Jones or something to that. Um, like she would have been but fine if she replaced Mark, Mark it, She's still a very effective performer. Mm-hmm. And it is, a, it is really a shame that she wasn't apparently given the same the push the same opportunities later on mm-hmm. kind of because it was like well you did like say animal house she was there in her 20s right but we get to starman yeah. and all right now she's she's in she's she's 30 something by the way you'd say that it was uh in the commentary that carpenter says that there's a there's a look about her eye with her eyes or, or... yes well again well that's just her 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 casting is central to this film in general. Huge eyes. Like, you know, giant. To well, sure, the I point mean, where, you know, one of the interesting things, going to the whole idea of him paring it down, is we get to that ending. And, you know, you know, you can... The light that's being used, like, from, from we the... We could talk about the, the similarities, the maybe, to, like, a another Spielberg, like, a, a Close Encounters, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, yes, we do have the spectacle of the big ship coming, right? Yeah, the giant mirrored ship. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, again, all very vague. What's their technology? Yeah, right, I don't right. know. And we could have had a shot. Mirrors. Mirrors, yeah. <laughs> we could have had a shot of them beaming up bridges. Sure, floating in the sky. That's, yeah. He doesn't make that choice. His choice is to say the human element of this film was what was important. Mm. And we get this incredible close-up. Yeah, it's not even like from the point of view of what the Starman might be seeing. It's uh, it's close up to her with how she's the, looking at the this. point of view, mm-hmm. leaving her face basically. Right. I think I think and how- the swelling music and the lighting and that's the end of your movie, and it is just I, I, it I, hits I think, all the right notes. I think I can't think of an example right now, but like uh, I'm sure Hollywood has an example where Starman is, let's say, if you were like an angel or something like that, you know, where oh, no, rather than yeah. rather than name alien, he's He's an offlander, you know, or he's he's angelic or whatever. But you know, it hits it's more towards almost a fantasy. Well, right. how much how much more? Di- I mean, take away like the heat vision and all that fucking shit. Like, how much different is like? I mean, Starman's basically a Superman to some degree. You know, what I mean, he's got an alien comes down a thing. You're like, I don't know anything. I mean, the only the main difference <laughs> is that like that he gets old. He get you know he's old and fucking you know in five minutes compared to like giving you know Clark Kent you know basically a, a regular human childhood. I, I want to say that you know. Cocoon is probably <laughs> gotta bring yeah. up Will. No, was it? This uh, that's unintentional. I'm like I that's like, the but cooking. it co- Cocoon. Um, the, the Cocoon was that was that uh, was that a well received movie? 
It, it made bo- it, it, it made, made a money, sequel, brother. They made they did <laughs> make they the got sequel. some Academy action on it too. Because uh, yeah, Howard. I think actually it was. I think um, the two Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy. Right. I think they're part oh, of the right, film. Right, yeah, right. I, okay, I actually okay. do. I don't want. I don't know off the top of my head if they were nominated. Yeah. But I do know that was one of those like, oh yeah, this there. is a this is a. We're film gonna go somewhere death. where we never get old. We're never gonna die. <laughs> which, which very well send me a postcard. <laughs> which very well could could be, could have been the Starman planet. Well, let me the tell same, you, get the word out. Like the same thing. You never want to die. Me and Jeff, we're get gonna some, go get out. some oatmeal <laughs> every night. Some carousing. This is like dueling Brimleys here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I think that it's a, you know it's a very human, a very touching film, uh, and Bridges' performance is so good. It, it is a wonder how it's slip through the cracks, but then it also isn't a wonder because of Carpenter concentrating on the human element. It, it isn't the sort of film where you could recommend it to someone. And it's like, well, what are you going to get out of this? Oh, it's a really sweet love story. Oh, it's sci-fi. Does right? anybody die in it? Yeah, no, not really. There's no laser guns. Or right, give me another oatmeal. Is this him in the old folks' home? It's I mean, Wolford asking about Starman. That's hey, that's into it. He wants so, to see if that's going to be. Like, what is this? This is this Joanna John's films. Is that on Netflix? Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, um, I can't have any of that. Pie because of my diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Swinging all the way around. Yeah. Orbs will cure that. Um, uh, now, uh, yeah. Matt, you you said you've always kind of like appreciated this film mostly because of Bridges and the, and like the performance. In going back, seeing it more recently, um, has it expanded beyond that? Is there is more? Do you see more of like a well, like you're really commenting on like what Carpenter how. Carpenter, like how he creates this film. True. Yeah. I mean, going, you know, much like with the thing you, and, you know, of course, with seeing it, I think this is another movie that when you watch it, you know, a, a couple of times or, you know, at least rewatch it, you notice a lot more stuff. Um, a lot, a lot of smaller, you know, elements to it. And, you know, things, again, that Carpenter thought through. It's not just, like, oh, that was in a script, so I had to do it. You can really tell. You know, I mean, there's, and there's some, some stuff works and some stuff doesn't like one of the, one thing I would, I don't really understand. I think it's, I, it's one of those uh, scenario that I know why he used, he did the scene in Vegas. It's to show a little bit more of what Starman can do, mm. oh, you have but jackpot. you totally don't need right. that fucking right. scene. Like, <laughs> why do they, why do they buy a, a fucking gold plated Cadillac? You know? <laughs> I don't know. They could, man. But, and it's like, you know, I just want to, I can do this shit. Give me one quarter. He needed a quarter, to, I guess, to make it look good. I mean, he couldn't have just gone up and tapped and yeah. gotten like the three cherries, but no, they do that. They go, they buy a fucking car and you know, they drive the rest of the, rest of the way. Um, but yeah, it's these, it's like the thoughtfulness of it, the, you know, like it, it's not, it's not just like painted on the walls. It's something where you can, not, you can see why and how, uh, you know, Carpenter like went about, you know, kind of crafting, you know, the, the overall package to it. And, you know, the, yeah, I, I am a bit of a sucker for a love story and singing this when you're, a, when you're a kid and you, you know, you haven't been, you know, through the ringer. As it were, <laughs> no, um, you know, there is like this sort of purity to it that mm-hmm. you don't always get, you know, and in a, in like the sci-fi world necessarily. Right. Yeah. 
and especially it's you know, more about ideas when it's very aliens or, coming to take over right, uh, yeah. you know like versions of that story. it'll just be the hero and the love interest it's not like oh like, humanity gonna get it you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like no is that, just, is that what you think that is that what they said when Starman Star Star got back on board the yeah, ship? I, yeah, like, I think how did they treat you? Yeah, if, the, if the cop was played by uh, you know Roscoe P. Coltrane, from the, <laughs> I think that's how that would be from the Dukes of Hazzard. Don't get it. Yeah. Oh, my awesome. Yeah, there you go. Let's go, Flash. Eighties references are all over. And 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 Ed, you you know, like you said, you said you feel hope and and other things. I would agree. I think that that is one of the biggest thing. Mostly because Carpenter says it, and I can't disavow the director's intent. Whereas, like I said, I always read about the thing, and everyone talks about paranoia, and I went to doom over kind of paranoia. Here, I can't go against what Carpenter says. It, it is, it's about this character falling in love with Jenny Hayden and giving her hope again, and then the ultimate version of that is the fact that he leaves, but then he leaves her with a child, mm. and there are intimations of that child's importance to the wider world. Like this is this is almost like a Jesus story, but we're getting the backstory. Jesus <laughs> Superman. Exactly. Well, yeah, and or, absolutely. Or I J- always say it. John Carpenter. Jesus Brother Carpenter. <laughs> Jesus uh, Carpenter. JC. Carpenter. <laughs> uh. But you know, it is almost could be like, well, here's the backstory that we didn't really, you know, get. And you know, it's the idea, it's like, oh well, he's she says it's not just that she's lost a love, it's that she doesn't have anything of the husband because she tells him, I can't have a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just one of these women that, you know, that's just the way it is. And we were never able to conceive. And then he gives her that gift, you know, has given her love, gives her a child and then tells her, Oh, by the way, child's pretty much going to be a Messiah. I gave, I gave you a baby tonight. <laughs> it is a boy baby. If, if only, but he also gives her the choice to get like he's like he basically gives her the choice to get rid of it too. Yeah, Starman's pro choice. But that's an, a like... very interesting, a very interesting like statement. I think like, in a weird, in a, a very it's the like, alienness of him that is still there. You yeah. know what I mean? That he he goes. If you do not wish this, but that's like I'll... I mean even then that's like a hot button topic. You right, know what yeah. I mean? So, and it's just and it's just it's kind of there. And she's like, no, nah, I want it. Don't let's just keep yeah. going. You know, like. And, I kind of, that's a, as a rewatch on that scene, that's, it's a, that's a very pocket of time scenario, mm-hmm. like feeling too, where it's like, you know, you could see a lot more being made out of that and a lot more controversy. I'm not sure. If I'm, you made, if you made that now, that would be a lot more controversial. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. I'm not sure that they would have allowed that to be so casual. I mean, she, of course, like she and says. And they don't make a big deal of it. You're right. You're right. It's there. He makes the suggestion. She says no. And then there's nothing. Because when all, when all is said and done, when he, you know, what happened, like after the credits are rolling and this is like, if this was reality. Unfortunately, yes, there is the. The alien, like, all right. So the alien went back. We didn't catch him as the, if we're the feds. Right. But like, what, like, you know, what do we, what, what do we have have left? Nine months. We got, we got, (laughs) we got an alien in the, in the bun in the oven. You know what I mean? Uh, Two things. Yeah. They could have at least, like, they could have picked her up and put her someplace else. Like Starman wasn't that self-aware. Because he was just like, no, she'll be okay. Don't worry about it. These guys with the helicopters, they'll take care of her. <laughs> the dozens of helicopters. Yeah. All I the helicopters. Who had pre- fired missiles and... As the- warning shots. Yes. You, you bring up the whole Messiah thing, and I'm like, gosh, I really... Like, if only someone invented time travel, go back and kill the guy who Jesus decided to green light, green light the, the TV show with, with Robert Hayes. 
I, I mean, that really, it really pisses me off. You want to kill Robert Hayes, too? Is that what it is? Well, no, it's Hitler. Striker. Hitler or Robert Hayes? You know. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is, Ed, if the if the aliens ever come to you with that choice, <laughs> it's going to be, you You can you can change humanity's destiny however you wish with time I'm going to think small on this one. I'm going to think small. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't get airplane, but. <laughs> I'm willing to. Well, he already done by airplane by that, you know. But that's okay. It's not going to be like baby Hitler. You would have to kill full grown Robert Hayes after he, after he made Robert, the mistake. Well, look, like, I mean, it really diminishes the whole Starman as he a, by as the a way, property. Is not, but he's not technically the like he is the Jeff Bridges alien, but he's not the same human. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a, that's, no one is Jeff Bridges. What, what, that's so, all so, I'm so, saying. What, what's more important <laughs> is this: is that Ed is not going to be allowed to use one of the orbs the way that <laughs> yeah, no orbs for you. Ed. He's gonna, no, he's going to get an orb, but it's going to be like slingshot. It's going to be a he's dud. Gonna, he's going to have to he like it works. No it orbs work. for you, Ed. Uh, the other thing we we should uh, I want to get into the music. The oh yes, music this is using, another film that Carpenter which is, does not do the score for, and um, it's Jack. I don't know how to pronounce it. It looks like Nietzsche, but it's yeah, like Nietzsche. uh Nietzsche or whatever. And um it's an interesting he I think he's responsible for two very good uh musical bits of the eighties. He's responsible for the music here in Starman. And of course the, the love theme that ends the film out on is insane, is gorgeous. He's also the same guy that does uh uh Last Starfighter. Oh yeah, right. with that great sort of pseudo. That, dude, now you think of it, Last Starfire kind of looks like the aliens, and that kind of looked like what they intended, right? Like, like the script intended for Starman. For Starman, who yeah. knows what you know what, what's uh, what's going on there? And yeah, the music in this again is it's very eerie, eerie synth. Um... Uh, what I well, something I found out by listening to the uh, the uh, the director's commentary with Carpenter is when he talks about uh, the, the some of the tones. <laughs> And other things, the synth sound are not synth sounds. They are Nietzsche's wife. Oh wow! Who is a singer? She sings all the tones, and then he put it into like a he modulated oh, on, a, on a okay. you know on a on a keyboard a sequencer or whatever or yeah. whatever. And you know in, that was eighty four. God only knows what that would have taken to do. Bossa Nova. Well, John, let's let's, let's, my let's, let's, let's finally no. get John involved in the conversation. Yeah. To do something like that in 84 as compared to now, now, like, that would be somewhat easy to do, right? Yeah, if, yeah. if, like, just, oh, do a tone, uh, A, E, uh, and then, yeah. like, just at but a touch of a button. Herbie Hancock was, 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 along with uh, Quincy Jones, they were experimenting around that time. With that, that sort of, of stuff, technology, you know. Like I mean, yeah, you know. I feel like it was like possible. It was just like anything else. You had a, like a. It was going to be a huge keyboard versus like a small keyboard. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like a mainframe. Oh, it was a complete yeah. big mainframe. Yeah, we got a mainframe room right here. It's like what can that do? Well, it's, like, it's basically a calculator. <laughs> right, exactly. You know? And the music does add to the movie. Like you said, it has its strangely haunting. It's strange. Yeah, the end, it, the end theme is killer, though. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 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 Ooh, Especially you, you, with the with along with the lights play and um, well, with, you just with the put score. in the Starman end theme into YouTube, and a bunch of things come up. All these covers, sure. All you know, well, Philharmonics all over. Or so like, does that the uh, what, all all I have to do is dream like that, <laughs> where, where it's like literally Jeff, Jeff Bridges and Karen Allen. Yeah, this is a nice little bit of trivia. Of the they were film. Cut, they were convinced to basically cut a, an actual music video of that old classic song. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a portion dream. in the film where. The beginning. 
Yeah. Because I saw it. That's how I know it's <laughs> Shining in with so the We finally stuff. got there. We finally got you. You can't do that with a lot, with the, the Marvel, like we talk about this with the Marvel stuff, right? You know, like they, they're, I got, the way they treat their musical scores, it just it's goes pure, by the wayside. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's almost purely, you know. Yeah, it's convent, very throwaway. And, yeah. After you thought, know. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, almost. But here it's it, handful, it's handful a, makes happen. a huge difference. Yeah, well, which I think, and is we also, don't. It's not even like it's not even a portion of of like a, a John Williams score. Yeah, know. it's not necessarily, and or it or plays the role that a John Williams score. You know, Carpenter talks about. He says, "Well, yeah, they Mickey Mouse the score," and he says, "You know, oh John." He says, "Oh, no offense to John Williams." He says, "But that he's the king of that style, which is to say that the music is used to almost." Uh, Put an exclamation Drive point the emotion on part everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On and, yeah, the, and one character moves his arm, and there's a musical you know yeah. note that goes with it. Whereas Carpenter obviously is not that type of you know director. But man, however he's working with these guys who he's working, whether it's Morricone or or Nietzsche here, he's getting great work out of them and using them at their you know to their utmost where they need to be used. Uh, it, you know, I, I suggest anyone go out and listen to like, you know, the, the, the scores for both films are, you know, and again, yeah, you can track down, like, I think the, um, the full, I mean, both obviously on YouTube and stuff like that, but I mean, you know, buy them if you, if you don't, you know, don't steal them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, time. uh, similar to the movies that they're based on, they are diametrically opposite, <laughs> but they, they both really, really, work. Uh, you know, closing thoughts on, uh, on on Starman, uh, Ed, you know, would you? I, I, my question is a closing thought, similar to what you said. To think, could you make this film today? In this way, uh, this one, I would say yes. Really? Yeah, because the the love the, the romance, the love story aspect of it. You I, think it would I, still I feel, play? Uh, I feel the audience would receive it uh, better than the way Starman would be the, the thing. The thing, the the, the the thing. So, um, now wait. Let's. Uh, we didn't talk about how it was received in the box office. Oh, it was. It did solid numbers. It was solid. It wasn't a runaway hit. Mm. Uh, but it it uh, it was up against which which movie was it up against? Um, <laughs> let me see. Dune. It was up against Dune, Dune right? Okay. Which Dune got shit on too, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. What are you gonna do? Like big time. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it. And we feel very differently from our about our Dune. friends Siskel and Ebert both shit the, shit on Dune. Like. <laughs> well, Ebert Ebert gave this positive reviews. Yeah, and they, got, no, uh, yeah, Siskel actually really loved it. They both. I just watched that. Yeah, I cut of that yesterday. Like their old yeah. review. Like they both were really, really, really. I into think it, that in terms of its box office, I don't think it did spectacular in the in the film. In, in yeah, the not in the overall. I think it did. It it made a small profit, but I think this was a film again. As we said, video, cable, mm. home video. I'm just going to say, my grandmother needed to own this movie. Yeah. Don't know why. Tons of other films she could have owned on home video. Miguel, go get me that star man. <laughs> I think it's a man, Grandma. <laughs> it's the star man. <laughs> well, here's, here's a question. Do you think it would, how would it 
be received in terms of the the, the, the gender uh, divide. Like you know, like I feel that women. Well, here's interesting. I is, feel that the women women would be. This, it uh, might more be. Open to it. I feel like it would be bodies. It would be gender swapped. It's in this day and age. You know what I mean? Not unlike they do with like Never. with certain characters, but it would be a star woman mm-hmm. that comes down, or or like it's just a genderless like you know Creature? being that comes down and like you know. I don't has a romantic relationship with this like. I think they tried that like, with Splash. Would, you know, I would, I would, they would, I would send a chick with a beep. Yeah, <laughs> I would. No, I would. Here's I. I want to see. I want to see. A, <laughs> I want to see a genderless, uh, totally neutral being meet uh, a turtle. I mean, the truth is, we don't know if Starman actually had a gender. Right. It's exactly. just the thing that right. inhabits that a body to be in this. Body, but I would want to see a neutral uh, light creature come and meet uh, Wilford. <laughs> I want to see him eating oatmeal. <laughs> And it's like, you know, uh, oh, where, where are you from? <laughs> uh, do you think? Do you think that this film could get made? It would. You, you, I mean, I feel like, like, there, well, there's there's different versions of that idea. If you're just talking about remaking this movie and uh, updating it, like they're gonna, they would have to change like a ton of like the stuff that makes it kind of like that mm. that you know that pocket in time sweetness to it. I, I don't think you're gonna you can have the exact same movie. They're just gonna change it because that's what they have to do when they make they do remakes. If they go the way where like I mean they've talked to Bridges about it and he's like, I'm into it, man. You know, um, he's he's super into it. Yeah, and yeah, so is, whenever it comes up, he's, he's I all think about to some degree. So is Karen Allen. If you, but again, the, the I don't uh, ultimately you don't really need Jeff. Like I I don't know how you make it without Jeff Bridges. But you don't need fucking Jeff Bridges. Like, that would make no the sense. Concept the concept is, yeah. I mean, the Jeff Bridges, like, uh, clone is, should be dead, at this, you know, as far as the story is concerned. He, like, he was there for three days, and you can't, you know, you can't go back to that. But, um, so, yeah. Well, no. I'm I mean, super conflicted. If you did it, why would it would just, why wouldn't it just come back as, like, young Jeff Bridges? And then you're back in Tron you, territory. It's also the, <laughs> the performance <laughs> really territory. says a lot. I mean, he really makes... It is hard. It is hard. It's, to, hard. It, it's like to find that it would have to be a completely brand new story. Yeah, there's almost nobody that I can think of that could pull it off, like a modern actor. Well, let's like, let's say this. Let's say, could could Kurt have have done this? And I say no. No, 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 okay. no. Yeah. That would have been it's too different. It would. They're, they're, it they're would very change the dynamic different. Of so like Jeff much. Bridges yeah. is just so much of a weirdo. No matter how old or young he ever right, yeah. was, he's just the right kind of weirdo for this movie. <laughs> well, the the I think his um, his acting chops and the acumen are very they're very different. Um, like Jeff, we've never really seen a um, Jeff has never had that Rambo career. He's never been the the big action hero. Yeah, and you wouldn't buy him. I don't think you would buy mm. Jeff Bridges as the. What hard about Blown Away? We talked about that. Him and, <laughs> him and Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anyone would buy him as the sort of grizzled ex-military guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have to be something, you know, different. I think that's why he kind of works as Obadiah Stane. Because you don't, like, it's like, no, that's he's not a, a, a grizzled general or whatever. What was the what was the movie where it was, like, Ghost Cops that he did with Ryan? Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. R.I.P.D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll take anything, though. Like, he's still... He's not as bad as Christopher Walken, but, like... He's game. He's game. He's definitely But usually, whatever he's in, he's usually the good thing in it. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and when you put him in something like a Starman, 
where the script is working, the supporting cast is working, the director knows what he's doing. Right. But in lesser uh, some, hands of a lesser actor, I don't think Starman would have even worked right, at yeah. that point in time. I, I, yeah. I, I was going to say... Which I think goes to Carpenter finally. I was going to say he's... the one he's, who makes the decision who was going to be this Yeah, part. to let him do all that fucking weird shit that yeah, he did. Yeah. I was going to say that he's a thinking man, Kurt Russell, but it's him like now. That wouldn't be fair to who Jeff is, you know. Um, but he's a thinking man's he's almost, something, somewhat. He's almost, a thinking man's Bow Bridges? No, I'm just kidding. He's almost, yes, there you go. Whoa. 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 Sorry, Bo. Oh, Love you, buddy. Lloyd, Lloyd, Ow. always have to make that choice. <laughs> Mandelbaum. Mandelbaum. Uh, I just would like quit. to say that this film... It'd take the hell of a day to quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I just want to say, a final thoughts on this is that uh, this is a movie I think has fallen through the cracks. The thing is well respected, well regarded, and has tons of influence everywhere. Um, it's probably Carpenter's most popular film. This was a film that got maybe his most critical acclaim at the time. Had a Academy Award nomination. You mean Starman? Starman at the time, and has kind of the way I always said about like you know Romance in the Stone, a film with the superstars, huge hit, superstar director. No one talks about it anymore. No one talks about this sure. film. And I think that anyone would be pleasantly pleased with themselves and their choice to do a double feature, to watch movies starring to, Michael Douglas, to watch a thing, to to watch a to watch thing, to watch Starman back to back. You may need it. You may need Starman as a palate cleanser after after you know uh, Childs and uh, McCready. Uh, no, it's gonna haunt. It, it's gonna continue. It's gonna continue wasteland. haunting you. Right. You know, yeah. After you watch it, it's gonna haunt you for. For a while. For a while, yeah. But Starman deserves to have some eyes on it these Mm. days. And deserves to be, to to look back and see, you know, if you like E.T., I think you'll love Starman. I think especially if you saw E.T. as a kid, I can't resonate with you the same way. This will resonate with you as an adult. As, as Matt said, you know, it's like, you know... Karen and there's a little Karen. more to identify with, yeah. not just because of, like, the, you know, it, it, the alien being human. It's There's just a lot more empathy, uh, direct empathy, you yeah, know? Yeah. And even in the Charles Martin Smith character also, I mean, for me, that's another part that sums it up. It's like, you know, not just, like, hope, but the, the empathy of the characters to this other thing where it's like... The alien comes to us because they wants to learn about us because they've lost something. But we also like, you know, we're just happy that there's something else out, out, mm-hmm. out there, and like it's been proven to us. And it's like, you know, we don't want it, like, you know, just like murdered by the government, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it's something as precious as Jeff Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really want to thank everyone for taking part in this uh, little retrospective discussion. I thought we uh, covered a lot of great material. We squeezed all the juice. We squeezed a lot of juice out of this. Mm -hmm. uh, To to give uh, two films uh, their due, Uh, I was happy to introduce this some of this uh, the the thing uh, to Ed and Matt. Uh, John, I guess will be will be retroactively (laughs) thanked. Thank you. It'll be in you know in your real life. It'll be in my obituary. (laughs) (laughs) There you go on his tombstone. I finally got to it. Probably Don't come it. to the funeral. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably will be. Yes, Mr. Velez, uh, Jonathan. As we fire you into the sun, you're still shaking your fist. See, <laughs> <laughs> <C> Starman. <laughs> well, we'd have to have the blood test first. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for for taking part. I want to thank uh, John as always for providing the wonderful Pancake Studios and his facilities and his. Uh, 
uh, incredible sound engineering acumen. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank... Uh, That's me. El Diablo. Uh, <laughs> Hail Satan. Callback. Uh, I think uh, I would love... Uh, I'd, I'd love to thank... Uh, but I'm not going to. I'd oh, love to thank... Uh, I'm used to it. Uh, Edward Ng, uh, who, uh, you know, could have vetoed this as a choice at any point and said, nah, we're not going to do this. <laughs> you want to be a dick about it. <laughs> hey, uh, you know... Uh, lots more other things to come. Uh, yeah, so I want to wish. I just want to wish the public out there happy Easter and uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, Jesus is star man. I don't know. Jesus is magic. That's what I do. Jesus is magic. Jesus is technicolor dream come. <laughs> Uh, a big, big thank you to uh, Matt Sokoski for coming down right. and being Thanks, part guys. of all this. Thanks, guys. Uh, we, we really enjoyed it, even though we had a hell of a time getting here this morning. With the, due to the, you're, you're, you're almost up there. Yeah, with, it was with like that was my Martin. little road trip. I just wish I had a sweet, uh, uh, you know, orange <laughs> Mustang to drive through an oil <laughs> tanker. No, no. It, when you when when you become a five timer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what happens then? That's when you th- put the black lights on. Well, we let's, just, let's just well, say that you'll get the you get the five time The magic eye posters come out. You haven't, uh, you haven't seen where the back back room is. Oh right, yeah. There you go. That's the deluxe ballroom. Version. <laughs> you, I made you promise me you would never talk oh, about oh, the back, right. back, <laughs> back 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 room. There's like a like a gimp mask and like, <laughs> it's like uh, bring out the gimp. Would you care for some more d'oeuvres? Have you seen Fifty Shades of Grey? Let's just say Fifty Shades of John. There you go. Uh, But yeah, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening. And until next time. To be be continued. continued. To be continued. Now you got to say it like Jeff. To be continued. Hey guys, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.